Welcome to the 21st Century Schizoid Podcast. I'm your host, Schizoid motherfucker named Cooper Cherry. Uh, we have a very, I'm very intrigued today by our guest. We've got Confucius Jones and we've got Fresh. Um, you might recognize these guys from those damn comic book guys. These guys have got their own podcast, but uh, actually they started a recent project with KUTX, The Breaks, I believe. Is that right, gentlemen? Yes, yes, yes. Correct, correct, correct. <laughs> nice. I guess first, let's get a little bit of housekeeping type stuff out of the way and just tell us, like, where can we hear you guys with the breaks and and those damn comic book guys, and then we'll kind of go from there. Your mic one. I don't oh. do it. <laughs> you stick with you. Really stick with this. Okay, Everybody stick with it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is fresh speaking of those damn comic book guys and the breaks. You can hear those damn comic book guys on iTunes, um, Google Play. If Google Play is still supporting. Podcast, which I don't know what they're doing over there. <laughs> but um, we're on TuneIn, Stitcher, anywhere that supports podcasts. You can hear those damn comic book guys, or you can just go to our SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash TD comic book guys, and you can hear all, I don't know how many episodes we have. I don't know. It's over 100. So, um, so yeah, we, yeah, you can hear us there. You can hear the breaks every Saturday at 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. On KUTX989 or KUTX.org or download the KUTX app and you can hear us every Saturday at 11 p.m. Nice. Uh, well, it's, it's fucking awesome to have you guys on. Nice to have some other people in the kind of podcast community. I haven't really met anyone else yet yeah. since I'm kind of I'm kind of new to the game. So it's awesome to have you guys and kind of hopefully we can... Have some fun and man, maybe link up, uh, you know, again down the road. But yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I mean, I'll follow me at all. Appreciate you having us. What are you yeah, doing, liquor? Right here. <laughs> oh, I've been for this whole time. <laughs> we we are drinking on the Sabbath. Um, don't tell anyone. Hey, 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 hey! Jesus <laughs> drank wine. <laughs> he turned water into wine. He didn't drink it. And the disciples drank it. <laughs> Say they didn't. But uh. W- We'll go ahead and get started. What I, I guess we'll first jump into is just, let's jump straight up in, into comics and, you know, go yeah. from there. So I just want to hear, like, what are, what are you guys reading these days? What's on, what's on your pull list? Uh, um, what's really intriguing you or, you know, what are you looking forward to? That's a better one, intriguing, because I'm not reading shit right now. But uh, there are things that I do want to read. I know Darth Vader has a comic book right now currently ongoing that it's about his time right after episode three of Revenge of the Sith. I want to read. Apparently, old man Hawkeye is coming. Looks interesting. Oh, nice! I'm gonna check out Marvel Legacy because it looks halfway interesting, but uh, kind of whatever. Um, this countdown to Doomsday that DC is doing, where they're supposed to mix the DC universe with the Watchmen universe, looks somewhat appealing. I just know that Alan Moore is somewhere out there just screaming, <laughs> right? Like you bastards! But uh, seriously, um, that's probably about it. If I can think of anything. Oh, I, also, I was telling Fresh yesterday. Apparently, the Power Rangers comic book is pretty good. Really? So I need to check that out. I didn't even know they were, I didn't even know they were doing that thing. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. apparently a, a lot darker than you would expect. Interesting. Like, apparently, like, Jason, is Jason? Tommy, the Green Ranger, is now, like, become, like, the overlord of all the galaxy. So he's, he's like, he, so I don't know. I, 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 it looks interesting. I want to check it out. Oh, nice. Uh, myself? Yeah, um, legit. <laughs> I well, uh, well, as my gracious host, co-host said, yeah, I'm not currently reading anything. Um, but what am I intrigued by? Um, a bit. There's a few titles of Marvel Legacy that I'm intrigued by. Uh, I would have to say the Falcon, 
going uh, Sam Wilson turning back into the Falcon and really going back to his role as Falcon instead of uh, Captain America. I'm intrigued about that. We'll also have to say I'm intrigued to read um, what is it by Valiant Ninja, which also has a movie coming. I think like 2019. But I'm interested in in, in reading that. What I've seen them preview on, online has been pretty interesting so far. So I'm going to check that out. Nice. Uh, Confucius, you mentioned Old Man Hawkeye. I haven't, I haven't heard about this. Of course, like, so I don't really keep up with too much of the current titles all that much. I'm more like, so just to give you a little bit of context from, from my fandom is, so I think I jumped out of comics in like maybe 95 era, right around the time that the Age of the Apocalypse arc the fall of came, came through it with <laughs> Marvel. Selling off everything. <laughs> uh, so that was like the last thing that I was reading like as a kid. And then moving forward, it must have been right around the time that Batman vs. Superman came out. That I don't know, just some, something spurred me to get back into comics. So I bought the omnibus of the Age of the Apocalypse. And then I just started researching from there and going down the rabbit hole and I've, so i've been going back to like the 80s and all that kind of really crazy stuff that i missed out on you know that you know there's like 25 30 years of comics that i don't even know anything about yeah that i've been going back and digging through and trying to find what i like so um i think the only the only titles that are still even going on that i've kind of kept up with is like the uh the flintstones the yeah, flintstones the comic one, was pretty good the, the new one, one. Yeah. Yeah. The new, are you talking about the one that just came out recently? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard that was really good. And I heard the Scooby Doo one was good. Uh, yeah, because they're fighting like against like it's like zombie, it's like Walking Dead and Scooby Doo or something going yeah, on. Yeah, it's some kind of post-apocalyptic yeah. type vibe. Um, I've really enjoyed the Flintstones. It's pretty heavy political or I guess cultural satire. Um, I bought the first trade paperback that came out, but I think they're about to release the second it's trade is coming out. I think in later on this month, maybe. It, it's coming out pretty soon, so I was digging that, and then uh, also Providence that Alan Moore just wrapped up not long, not long ago. They just released the last portion of that on a hardback maybe two or three weeks ago. Funny, it's funny to hear. You know, Alan Moore always complains about comic books, but yet still writes. <laughs> like you're never gonna stop. Well, he'll stop, I think, eventually. But um, yeah, the one you named, I remember. Hearing about um, we have a, we have a group those damn comic book guys on Facebook. There's a guy in there. Is it Matt? Join today, Matt Matt Jones. He he don't he hadn't done it in a while, but he used to put up his pool. He get like twenty comic books every Wednesday. Damn. I think he literally buys everything that's new that comes out that week. And I don't know if he reads them all. He says he does, but I mean, <laughs> I take his word for it. I, we all see that. I'm like, man, he has to have a lot. He must have a really good job. You know how much money? Like right. 20, like different that's like th probably three or four bucks a pop, right? Yeah. yeah we had a, when we first started those damn comic book guys, we were reviewing new comics every week. Yeah. And we had a hard time just buying just like two or three copies a week. So right. Imagine somebody going in there buying like 20 or 30 copies of a book each week. Right. Like that's that's just it racks up, man. It <laughs> racks up. Yeah, He's keeping his local comic book store open. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. He's paying that light bill. <laughs> but but to, you mentioned uh, Old Man Hawkeye, and that kind of piques my interest because I definitely I loved Old Man Logan. Yeah, it was really good. Um, I even shit, I went as Old Man Logan for Halloween last year. I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> I can definitely see that. 
<laughs> it's funny. I was man. I forget. I forgot. I was too tired yesterday when I got off work. But I was gonna. Tw- I was gonna send out a tweet because I've actually got these plastic claws, Wolverine claws that like. So it's got a little plastic portion that kind of looks like knuckles, and then the, the blades are out there. And I was gonna like put those out and be like getting hype for the for the podcast tomorrow with the, those damn comic book guys or something. But <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but yeah, uh, I don't know much about Old Man Logan. I mean, Hawkeye. They just announced it. Yeah, I think just it was just announced it today. Today. Um, they just said it's coming. But I'm thinking, if I had to guess, it's probably going to be that same Hawkeye from Old Man Logan. Right. What they, that's what I mean, I assume. That's what I, I'm they thinking. announced it as a prequel to Old Man oh, Logan. Oh, yeah, so I guess so, it's going to uh, tell what happened okay. up until we ran into Logan. Have they mentioned who's going to be writing that series? Because Millar did the... I think it, they did, but I didn't read the article, so he may have read the full article. I, I can, just read the headline. I can look it up while y'all read <laughs> Gotcha. But yeah, it was announced that Old Man Hawkeye would be a prequel to old man will be a old man logan prequel so like no, both nice. say, i didn't read old man logan so like you both said it probably will be telling everything that happened before up until the point where old man logan start like, that would be my guess okay so, that'd be, that'd be if i had to be a betty man i hadn't even heard like i said i hadn't heard about that what uh it's ethan ethan Sachs is writing it's 12 issues and marco just jetto is doing the artwork hmm. i'm I'm not familiar enough. Where do you guys? How do you guys keep up with all the latest shit? Um, I'm trying to think. I'm I'm on Reddit a lot. I, I follow like the comic book subreddit and the graphic um, novel subreddit, but nobody's really talked about. I haven't seen any of Reddit, this news coming up. Reddit is a place. Um, like we said, we have a Facebook group. Those damn comic book guys and gra- guys and gals, please join today. Um, a lot of people <laughs> post. A lot of people post news in there about comic books, uh, shows, movies. Excuse me, games, all of that, whatever evolves around nerd culture is pretty much posted in the group. Fair or, game. Huh? Uh, I mainly get my news source from comicbook.com. Okay. Uh, they they pretty much do the same thing: movie shows, comic books themselves, games, whatever tickles your fancy. Gotcha. <laughs> but yeah, uh, the same thing. Just the group, uh, comicbook.com. I follow a, a few comic book artists on Twitter, the writers. Um, and so that's kind of, but like I said, you know, comic books are so massive now. There's so many different things coming right. out. It's, it's kind of hard to exactly hone in on what's coming and going. Uh, most of the two big companies. But me, I've always been a proponent of independent comic books like Images and Boom and uh, what's the other one? Valiant. 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 Just because you get kind of more, like the stories seem to me seem to take more risk because they can. Yeah. Um, you know, Marvel and DC have to always deal with, you know, X amount of years or decades of continuity. Right. You can you can create a new comic book with image or any of the other independent places until this there's no boundaries to it. So um, but yeah, I try to keep up with it as best I can. And so we've been we've done the podcast in like what over a month. A little yeah, a little over I a month. I think August now. August twenty third, eleven, some, somewhere like in there. Something. I listened Ooh. to it last night. I was getting he ready. Is precise. <laughs> that's, that's fucked up. We don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> he is precise. He letting us know something. But uh, I've been I've been watching you guys. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad you went back and li- I'm glad you went back and listened. You know, everybody else do the same thing. If you haven't heard of it or if you haven't heard an episode, please do. We like to consider ourselves the most entertaining and raw <laughs> comic book podcast out there. So, like, yeah. you know, if, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but if anybody that's listening has you know knows, listen to us, they've heard us tell the story. But we, the motivation for starting the podcast was based off a movie, Fantastic the the Fantastic Four that came out in 2015. Was it? Yeah, it, that kind of was the catalyst. That kind of got us into it. So, like you said about like Batman, 
Batman versus Superman kind of kind of got you back into it. Right. Um, we always were into comic books even as kids, but like you said, we kind of fell out of it as kids. Once you hit puberty, like that was my thing. It's like once yeah. I hit puberty, it was like boop, buy, buy comics. I didn't read another one until. Well, that is just hit puberty, like saying women. You know, you yeah. get to a point you're like, you know what? If I choose between talking to this girl and spending taking her somewhere to the movies, buying a comic book, I'm going to do with the girl. So yeah. right, like, you know, but like uh, I still kind of kept up. The Fantastic Four movie and the whole casting of Michael B. Jordan as Johnny Storm kind of send like uh, shots and fire burning through the comic book community that, you know, that was just something you just didn't do. And everybody was upset about it. And growing up and living in Texas, I have never been called more racial slurs than I had been in that time frame of actually defending the Fantastic Four movie. It was ridiculous. And so... Me and Confucius find ourselves literally talking about comic books every day amongst ourselves, so we just decided, why not make a podcast about it? Right. I mean, so that kind of was more. But, you know, what it, what it did was it also allowed us to delve back into the world of comic books. We've always kind of, uh, before the podcast, kind of just kept up with what we, because we've read comic books for a long time, like you said you did. But it, starting the podcast allowed us to be active in that community and actually keep up with the news as opposed yeah. to kind of nitpicking at it. And along the way, we've interviewed a lot of, you know, great people, spoke at conventions. Uh, have we ever sold any merch? Yeah, we sold a lot of, we sold <laughs> comic books. We sold, we've signed posters, we've sold comic books, uh, we sold the shirt that I am wearing. Oh, nice. Currently, um, yeah, we've pretty much done it all. But you mentioned um, Marvel Legacy. I'm not really familiar with Marvel Legacy. What what's the deal with Marvel uh, Marvel Legacy? Um, going back to what Fresh was saying about you know the big back- backlash between Michael B. Jordan being Human Torch. Um, Marvel DC has done it too, but not as much. But Marvel over the past maybe three or four years has kind of slowly started to integrate their characters a little bit more racially and gender diversify exactly. So and it's been there's been like a just there's been people that embrace it. And people that are pushing back against it. So right. DC really just fell all the way back and we're like, yeah, we're just not going to even, we'll change little things, but not as much as Marvel's doing. And so Marvel, I guess, what they, what they, what Legacy basically is, is them supposedly returning back to their original roots. So okay. if there was a character that, like, for instance, Amadeus Cho is, is the Hulk. Right. Because Bruce Banner's no longer the Hulk. Hell, I think he's dead. Um, what they're going to do with Legacy is bring back Bruce Banner. And keep Amadeus Cho. So what Marvel's basically doing is bringing back the original characters and bringing them back to the forefront once again, and then keeping the newer ones too. They're trying to appease both sides. Gotcha. So it's going to be just a separate line of continuity. No, it's the same thing. Oh, it's the same, same thing. Same, yeah. thing. same like, continuity. Like um, Wolverine is now coming back because before um, Animantine was stripped, he well, he died, right? He died, and um, X twenty three lore ended up taking over the Wolverine right. mantle. A lot of people were pissed off about that. They hated that. They didn't like that. They didn't think that she had any right to be Wolverine. And so Marvel's whole thing was with Legacy. Well, now we're going to bring him back. Now we're going to bring him back. He's going to be in the Wolverine uniform. Everybody can be happy. The same with like uh, Thor. Jane Foster was Thor. But now we're getting the Prince of Asgard back as Thor. So, um, and who else is coming back? Uh, Captain America, Steve Rogers will now be Captain America again. Well, he was, Sound. he, 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 well, they just came out of, uh, what was it? Uh, Secret Empire. Secret Empire, where 
Captain America was a Hydra agent. Right. He was a Nazi. Yeah. And, but they, <laughs> of course. Apparently it was. <laughs> How it, appropriate for exactly. the time and place, exactly. right? But he was, it, was, it, wasn't, it, wasn't, it was like an alternate dimension Captain America. The one from our universe came, killed him. But see, there's stuff like that there. Marvel is basically trying to really back in. I, I personally feel, I think Fresh agrees with me, it's more of a cop out. Yeah. Like you're just not, you should have just stuck with the plan with your, with your changes and kept going. Now, granted, the funny thing about it is, you'll hear Marvel will come out with a press release saying, Legacy is a return to form. We'll bring you back a lot of your favorite characters. But it's like every comic, major comic book, they reboot everything. So you could just, you could just made it another reboot as opposed to trying to sell it as if, guys, don't, we didn't forget about you. We're trying to appease the fans that are mad at us. Like, just, just reboot the universe. Y'all do it every year anyway now. They, <laughs> right. They say that, but Loki in Marvel Legacy will be Doctor Strange. So uh, he will be the new Sorcerer Supreme. And mm-hmm. Yes. Who is? Loki. Oh. So not really... You're changing certain things, but you know, there's no backlash about Loki becoming the Sorcerer right, Supreme and moving the uh, Sanctum to Asgard. No, like nobody's complaining about that, but they complain about Jane Foster's Thor. So right. yeah, but it's, they nitpick at what they like and what they don't like. Well, also we've made the argument too that there's there's comic book fans, well, comic books in within themselves aren't a huge priority for Marvel DC. They do them because that's where they started. But I think there's also this contingency of comic book fans who, and like you mentioned it too, and we're like this too. We are we latched on to certain periods of comic books, right? Like we're not really nose our head deep into the newer stuff that's coming out. So a lot of times when we read the newer stuff, we reference the older stuff. We're like, man, like you'll read, uh, let's say Marvel, Marvel Legacy, and be like, man, this is this is not good. This is not as good as Age of Apocalypse. Now, Age of Apocalypse came out over twenty years ago. There's some comic book fans who go back further than that. They'll say like, like for instance, Fantastic Four didn't have a title. They'll, and people are upset about that. They'll say, why didn't Fantastic Four have a title? Well, me and Fresh remind them, because you weren't reading it, because their sales were <laughs> trash. They'll be like, oh, well, we, they used to have good stories. When in the 60s? <laughs> <laughs> they literally haven't had a successful title. I think their last successful title was 95. Like, the last so, successful. You, you, it's like it's, it's, you know, it's like these fans who, they're latching on. They want comic books to give them that same feeling they had when they were young, which is fine. But... If you know comic books, you know they're always changing. People that thought Age of Apocalypse might be might be good. There's it's a, it's a good contingency of people who think Age of Apocalypse is probably trash. They're probably like, this shit sucks. This right. was like when, when uh, Chris Claremont was writing it. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm sorry. That's, comic books keep going. So, I mean, but it, it, it's comic books. Um, I don't. I don't I honestly don't believe that Marvel DC cared that much because I don't. The comic book sales are dropping. They're not the way they used to be five or six years ago. And um mainly because both Marvel and DC have gone back to the um the uh, sales point of trying to come up with like gimmicks to sell comic books. Like we have different we have twenty different variant covers and one is worth a hundred dollars when it comes out and you need to get this one and this is yeah. this big event that's gonna change everything and and it's like they're doing that because it's it's kind of like I hate to make this reference. It's like crack. You know, crack was only successful because you you were high for a short amount of time. You want to get high right again. That's what they do comic books. Like, oh, this, this variant's going to be worth 30 bucks when it comes out. And then the next month, when another variant comes out, that variant from the month before is worth cover price. Gotcha. And so you're trying to latch on to these customers and keep them, but they're not really staying. And I think Marvel and DC felt like the movies and the movie universes would bring people into reading the comic books, but not everybody goes and see... Nobody, not everybody went and saw Iron Man 3 and then just said, hey... I, I now I have to go back and read this sixty plus years of history of Iron Man. Right. Not everybody did that. Some people were just happy with just seeing the movies and knowing what they know about Iron Man. 
from the movie, just like they were happy knowing what they know about Batman simply from the movies. Not a lot of people just said, after the Nolan, check the Nolan trilogy, not a lot of them watched all three films and then just said, hey, I'm going to go read every single Batman run that there's ever been and look at his 75 plus year history. Right. Like, it just didn't work out that way. I think that's what they kind of felt the movies would do in this time and age. It right just on. didn't pan out that way. Yeah, I guess that's true because, I mean, I was a big fan of the films and I never really got back and I never really jumped into Batman all that much. I might have had one, one issue. Oh, uh, probably. I mean, the Nolan trilogy, probably. Oh, okay, but I mean, I, dude, <laughs> I've been obsessed with Batman going back to, man, I remember when we were watching that cheesy ass, the campy 60s TV show. I've watched that as a kid and I fucking, I even love that shit. So <laughs> I never watched it, but I know a lot of people. I like, watched it as a kid. Like, used to, yeah, it used to be on like Nickelodeon or some shit. We got to remember, I'm, I was born in 87, so my first major oh, okay. introduction was Michael Keaton. Well, so. my first major introduction was, was Michael Keaton as well, but. My mother was a child of the of that age, and she remember watching it. They like when it would come on, like she watched it and she liked it. So I mean, no other than watch I it. watched it. So for me, like I said, I, I I respect the Adam West Batman, and I understand how how important it was to the, the the mythology of Batman and his overall image. But because I, my first seeing Batman majorly was Michael Keaton, and then after that, the animated show, campy Batman is like. Eh. Right. No. I mean, it's a dark brooding. Yeah, no. It's, it's definitely, but when you're like six and seven, yeah, yeah. it's a little di- little different vibe. You're like, oh, yeah. this is cool. And also, when I was coming up too, they didn't show it on TV. Like, they didn't, I don't know what, what year it was where like TV Land or Nick at Night started showing Batman. Yeah. I don't, shit, dude, I don't even remember, yeah, to be honest. Either. So that's why I think had I seen it, had I had a balance, I would have probably been like, okay, but because I didn't see it too much later, I'm like, yeah. I, I already had 10 years of dark brooding Batman. I, right. I can't, I can't, can't go it. back. I can't go back into this. But now I understand, because. With that being said, the same thing with X Men. People always reference the cartoon before they reference the comic book. Boy, why don't they wear yellow and blue anymore? I said because they stopped wearing yellow and blue like in the in the nineties. But because the cartoon was so huge, right. that's what people mostly reference. And to appease those fans, Marvel even went back and did a whole X Men series by itself, X Men ninety two. Right. Yeah. It's simply that team that you saw on the nineteen nineties animated series. So to appease those, they did that, and I did they, they did X Force ninety two. With the same characters that you saw from the cartoon. So Marvel did a lot of appeasing to people who were upset about why certain characters weren't there, why right. certain characters don't look the way they look. So yeah. But Marvel Legacy is basically them going back to the status quo, as I like to say. There's gonna be another big event that's gonna sell pretty good for maybe three or four months <laughs> and then it's gonna drop the fuck off and then it's gonna then they're gonna reboot something else to try to it just they it's it's crazy. Kind of it's sounds like it's kind of a constant struggle to gain some type of foothold with the audience. But the only way to draw them in is these yeah, crossovers the and these huge events. And it's so then it's like one after another, and it's watering down. Yeah, uh, I actually read an article that uh, that's what they basically suggested. Like, are comic book crossovers even worth it anymore? Because before, like when you had uh, what is it, DC Crisis on Infinite Earth? What well, no, came going back like, to some? I'm sorry to cut you off. What you said, Age of Apocalypse. I think Age of Apocalypse was the only crossover event that year. Now we get like three or yeah. four a year. So it's kind of like, damn. Like, and we that's just what, came out of Secret, like you said, Secret Empire. Now we're going into Marvel Legacy. And Marvel was just doing all new, all different Marvel after Secret Wars. So mm-hmm. it was like, and that's what basically the article was saying. Before you had like a Crisis of Infinite Earth that came out in like 85. And then that was it. And then that was the big thing that DC had. They yeah. didn't do Crisis on Infinite Earth and then jump into a whole nother crossover like six months later. They let what happened with Crisis on Infinite Earth settle and become what it was and then maybe years down the line they did another one and same with marvel with like 
uh, Secret Wars when they did the first one, and then you know all of, all of, all of their crossovers. They didn't do one. They didn't do Secret Wars, and then right after the Age of Apocalypse, and then right after that Infinity War. Like they didn't. They just let it settle and be what it was. And I think by you know spacing out the crossover events, you let the uh, the consequences and ramifications of those events linger a little bit longer, as opposed to you you put the, you put your heroes in this impossible, dangerous event, you get them out of it, then you put them right back into another one a month later. It's kind of like is, is right. there really any consequences or repercussions from what's happening? Because yeah, if one crossover, if one crossover, the preceding crossover event kind of erases what happens with the uh, previous crossover event. There's no real consequence of what. You just took what you just had take place for over the last three or four months. Yeah, because I, I, I just had the example in my fucking mind <laughs> um, of what something that happened, and then you just they just kind of just oh yeah, uh, the original Civil War, the original Civil War comic book. It was a, now granted this was before the crossover started coming as frequently as they, what they did, but Secret Wars being a successful comic book, what Marvel basically did to erase that ever happening was say that the majority of the people that fought in the Civil War were, were scrolled. so that just negated everything. And now, also, you negated Planet Hulk because when Planet when Hulk came back to fight after being shot into space, he was beating up everybody. Come to find out, most of them were squirrels. So you basically just negated everything from two major storylines to, to continue to try to push and sell issues by saying, "Oh, you know, everybody's squirrel." He would hope and really fight anybody because all those heroes the squirrel had. They were all bad guys anyway. So, so it's kind of like I understand it because in DC and Marvel, they probably look at it like we just do need to do whatever to keep sales consistent. Right. Keep the doors open, the lights on. Exactly, <laughs> but we we're making a billion dollars a movie, so it's not like we're worried about mm-hmm. maybe getting maybe a couple million yeah. a month from, from from comic books. And we still got Spider Man over here. So, yeah, yeah true. So that that kind of uh, reminds me, or is a good segue, I think, into like personally, I find myself I like the more like the one shot books. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That are self contained, I rather than kind of the ongoing stuff because of that very thing you're talking about. Confusion is where it's like resetting every every time, like. I want like I want some closure. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's kinda like you want like when you read a novel, it's like you finish that shit and it's just like you gotta yeah. you know what I mean? Let it, it sinks in and it's not like, oh, and you know, two weeks later there's another Yeah, another adventure. Where everything kinda gets rebooted. I think that's an argument that we've had before online with, <laughs> with, with comic book readers is that um people's complaint is that like there basically is no closure with comic books and we come back and say, Well, they're comic books. Have you not been reading comic books? <laughs> right. The story literally never ends and it's not like you're reading like you just said, a novel where there's a beginning, middle and an end and there's a conclusion and this is there's a certain way how that story ends and then that's that story. Or like a one shot, that's just how that story ends and there is no preceding story arc to come from it. And people get bad about it and I'm like, but if you've been reading comic books as long as you say you've been reading comic books, what are you really mad at in the way that right. these companies are doing what they're doing? Well, I mean, yeah, that's true. But going back, I'm, I agree with you on one I mean, I'm not mad at it. It's more like, yeah, but not, what I, it's like a preference that I have, right? Well, to, and also, some of the better comic books are one shot. Watchmen was a one, one shot. shot. It wasn't supposed to be continued after it was over. Now, of course, DC was going to pimp it out anyway. <laughs> but, I mean, that's Watchmen was, was self-contained. Even going, like I said, into novels. I like endings. I, I like I like when stuff I just like, I like, like when you said sits and that's it. Or or you have some type of ending to something. You had like going back to Age of Apocalypse. There were big ramifications with the X Men and Cable after that. But you just basically just negated that whole thing by saying, "Oh well, you know, Apocalypse not really dead. He's coming back. And we we did all this to prevent him, but he's gonna come back anyway." <laughs> but it would have been nice to just say like, "Okay, maybe have certain characters from that story not come back, or have some type of closure for that chapter." But um, 
Because you have to imagine, X-Men have to have a huge amount of PTSD from all the shit they do. <laughs> Seriously. But it seemed like they're like, it's like, oh, well, you know, another it's just a Thursday. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's kind of like, but I, so I, I definitely understand because some of my better, better comic books I've read, like Witches is a one-shot. You know, they're bringing it back. Uh, Watchmen is a one-shot. It's another one. Old Man Logan was originally a one-shot. Yeah. There was no, that was it. Yeah. The story was over. But of course, Marvel brought him back. Um, what else was a one-shot? Um... I mean, V for Vendetta. V for Vendetta is one, one shot. shot. Yeah. Everything Alan Moore right? I think it's supposed to be one much shot. Pretty much. Yeah, mostly. <laughs> they just keep it going when we tell them to stop. Right. Preacher? Uh, huh? Preacher's over. Preacher. Preacher's over. It, it ended like it had a beginning and, middle, and, it, and it ended like. True, but I'll say even I haven't I haven't read Preacher. I'm waiting for the TV show to end before I because uh, uh well it hasn't gotten approved for a third season, but the second season has ended. Yeah, well, I, I, that's what I'm saying. I don't want to. I don't want to ruin the TV show because I do like. I especially I the second season. But season like, one, I loved. Season two, eh, yeah, kind of problematic. Spotty. It was a little. Got a little bit dra- dragged, and I think they should have cut the number of episodes probably yeah, down to well, like. Season one is not even in the comic book. Season one is like a prequel. Yeah, it's like a prequel. Yeah. Uh, season two is. They didn't do the book justice. So yeah, exactly. Because here, let me preface this too. I need to say that for Game of Thrones, it's like. I, I jumped on the Game of Thrones like a little bit after the first season had come out. Yeah, me too. And then I hopped, then I got obsessed. I mean, like I got, this it was like the <laughs> the biggest pop culture obsession I have ever had in my life. I mean, like as, is, well, as it cool. is with most people. <laughs> I mean, dude, I would be on that uh, a what is it? It's like the A S O I A F subreddit all day reading the theories. Oh God, I hate theories. Every day it's I was funny, on there. It's like, oh God, this could happen. This actually could happen this way. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I went balls deep into that world. And so then I got, then I read the books. I plowed through all five published books in like maybe six months. Yeah. Ooh, you are an avid reader. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, so, man, I'm just going through those at the speed of light. And then it's got, so that doing that kind of ruined the show experience a lot. Even thing, even when the show was a little bit better and more solid, like in the third and fourth seasons, because it's kind of like, you knew, once you knew kind of what was going to happen, it was kind of like, it just didn't have that same emotional weight. You know what I mean? But we made the argument, I made the argument, I think you might agree with me that when the show got away from the books, you could tell the writing started to hurt. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. When you have George R. R. Martin's extravagantly great writing to lean on, it's like, ooh, it's time to go into Lord of the Rings territory here. <laughs> right? We're going to take our in here. But you know what was crazy, though, too, in the in that context was that they had written some really good scenes that were off book. Like, I, season one, there was a conversation between King Robert and Cersei that was really well done, super, just super well done wasn't in the books so it's kind of like well you know these guys you know i mean david benioff he's wrote, written books i mean i think he's they, a novelist you know what i mean he's I think, like a legit writer but I, I just imagine how hard it is to have to try to keep up with that uh the element and energy of a of george r martin like you could be as good, it's like it's like saying i'm good at basketball but i'm having to follow behind michael jordan it's like it's, it's a lot to it's a lot to live up to george I r. Think <laughs> when they were doing the show where they had the books to really go off of i think the books really helped them with a blueprint of how they wanted right. to structure the episodes True. and those seasons that where they were using the content from the book so even the scenes where even the scenes that they created that weren't in the book i think they kind of used what the books laid out yeah, in like front of them as like inspiration. Well, this didn't happen, but what if we take this portion or what's happening here at this part of the book and we just do it this way or recreate 
this moment. I think it was easier as opposed to completely having to do it on your own and continue the story yourself as opposed to having another book to kind of rely on as another blueprint. Yeah, and then having to kind of collapse all those characters down and sort of, you know what I mean? And still make every all the plot lines tie together. Right. Yeah. I mean, because everybody's just draped in plot on at this point. Like, John's just, I said, y'all are going to let John John's not dying. Most, most outrageous. When that motherfucker fell in that ice water and came out, I said, bro, there's no damn way. Yeah, I'm like, man, he, he smooth should have died of hypothermia. Nah, no, way, no way, no way. He, he came out freeze. of ice water back into freezing <laughs> conditions and then was able to walk. I said, there's no way. No way. He's already dead. He can't get any he, deader. Suck, please, suck. <laughs> I'm hoping that this next season we're already dead. We can't pull over any further. I'm hoping that this next season just has these great, great endings for every character. It's like, okay, now I understand why this people shouldn't make sense. <laughs> I'm hoping that's what happens. I don't know. I don't. I'm. I'm I don't know. They know that. Know the only, only silence I can take is that the ending is something they they know the ending because George R. R. Martin told them the ending. I'm just. I just know for a fact George R. R. Martin's probably gonna be real petty, and when he writes the books, it's gonna be completely. He's gonna get. He's gonna get to the ending way different than they are. And, I can uh, see him doing that, and uh, and I, just, I don't know, man. I just I don't know. I don't, I don't have faith. I'm sorry. I can see oh, him doing that, that. and I Game of Thrones. I don't have faith in that. I can see him, George R. R. Martin doing that, and also I can see Robert Kirkman doing it because Robert Kirkman says he knows how The Walking Dead ends, and he has told AMC how it ends, how he has it ending in his mind. But I can definitely see him changing that up when he gets to the point to where he I wants it to end. I don't. I don't. Only because Robert Kirkman's still actively involved in the show. George R. Martin said he ain't been involved in Game of Thrones since like season four. Yeah. That's he said he was back to focus on the book. So I'm Which, thinking, I we're, think still, we're still fucking waiting. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Robert Kirkman's still actively involved in the show. So I think it might be different. Well, it's going to be different from the comic book, but it's not going to be too much deviation. But yeah, Game of Thrones, yeah. It's quite the same ending, but way different. Like, Rose is getting there. Like, I wouldn't be surprised in the book, like, Cersei's dead, <laughs> like before she even gets pregnant, she never gets pregnant or anything. George R. Martin probably just, I bet he watched the show like, what the fuck are they doing? Right. But, that's not how I'm doing it. <laughs> that's not how I'm writing it. <laughs> What's is, although, you know, it kind of, another point though is that he can kind of see what works and what doesn't to some to some extent, right? Mm-hmm. He can kind of see like, okay, these this is where these guys fucked up. I can avoid this I can trap. Avoid this. Or, or what have you. But to tie, but to, Go ahead and steer us back to comics. So, Game of Thrones comic. I guess that's true. That's Game a very you bring a good point. Graphic novels are considered comic books. Single issues. But what I was going to say is, so that's what with Preacher, it's like I don't want to go and I don't want to have that same experience where the show become because like on its own, I I love the show, so I don't want to go back and diminish the show. And then I can still cut, you know, if once the show ends and I can go back and read the comics and that'll just enrich that experience that that much more. And it'll still have it'll be different enough to where it'll be entertaining. It's, 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 but that's kind of that's my thought process. Understandable. And I'll, I'll make a confession. I don't think I've told anybody before. The reason why I didn't watch the show is because I read the comic book. I read the comic book years ago. So when I watched maybe the first couple of episodes, I'm like, I don't know. Can't kidding. Yeah. See, and that's anyway. exactly what I was trying to avoid. The they're first I haven't read. The comic book's extremely graphic. I haven't read every book. A preacher, um, but the first season was good, and it had me had me, it had me have high hopes for the second season. But as you said, the second season kind of it drug out. It should have been probably Let's cut see. shorter. I think that's and why I couldn't watch. It, personally, I, the books that I have read, it didn't do those justice. Well, that's what I'm saying. Had I not read it, I probably would be like, "Yo, this is really, really good." But because I've read it, I'm like, "Yeah, exa- mm-hmm. see, exactly." I don't know, but it, 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 it's funny because a lot of stuff in pop culture is like that. Where there's books and then there's movies. Like, I know people who were, like, obsessed with Harry Potter, 
but hate the movies. Yes. <laughs> they, I, they, I, I, they, I've met those people. I know people that like love the movies, but don't want to read the books. There's very few people that are kind of like in the I, like, I like both. Like, I, so I, I understand that. Um, you're going to bring it back to comic books. There's some people who hate the X-Men movies. I hate the X-Men movies. But they, but they, but they make <laughs> so much you? money. Who <laughs> hurt you? But it's funny because I know but it's funny. people that are like hardcore X-Men fans, like I'm assuming you are, hate the movies. But that's something we hear on a regular basis, actually, that people don't like the X-Men movies. Then we got to remind you guys, they make money. Then y'all are like, why? <laughs> I think it's kind of funny that, so I I enjoy reading the Marvel books but i prefer the dc movies and vice versa so i i don't read i don't really read the, never really read the dc books but i like the movies and i read the marvel but i don't really like the marvel movies that much i'm i'm, I'm i feel that way about dc i would i would more than more definitely see a dc movie faster than he hates dc anyway that's not true that's not true I, 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 if it's <laughs> not if it's not batman related he doesn't really care so okay that's that is that, that's true that, i mean yeah. i can't argue yeah. that I, but see, if, you know, you say that, but let's not forget that everything DC does has Batman in it. So it's not like I'm far off base here. And we know <laughs> right. why, because he's the most profitable character over there. Still not more profitable than Spider-Man. Nobody's more profitable than Spider-Man. <laughs> really? Yes, Spider-Man is the most profitable <laughs> Superman. He makes Superman more money time. than Marvel and DC combined selling Just comic books himself. in a year. Yeah, merchandise huh. He makes a lot, what, a lot of money. One point... Five billion a year. A year? Damn. Yeah, just which is, merchandising. Which is and once again we're on the podcast, you learn this thing. Which is why <laughs> Marvel that's why Sony Marvel and Sony made that deal. People thought, oh well, because Sony was I said no, because Marvel had merchandising right. So it makes sense for them to get behind the movie yeah. if they get more money out of the merchandise. Right. Plus Sony is yeah, studio wise, yeah. they're like on that but last you see, they only got Spider Man. They're not doing Venom. Marvel's not doing Venom. They're not doing whatever. Silver, Silver Sable and uh, Black Cat. They're not doing all that. Sony's like, hey, y'all get only Spider Man. The rest of that shit is just for us. But, I mean, it, it's funny with X Men because, like, I, lo- I love X Men. I love them. And I, I appreciate the movies. Um, for me, growing up with X Men, and me and Fresh had this conversation, it was just amazing for me to finally see Wolverine in action. Like when he was healing, when he got thrown out that RV and then got up in here, I was like, oh my God, this is like the best time of my life. <laughs> but there were questions, like, of course, in the first movie, him and Saber 2 didn't know each other. That threw me all the way off. Yeah, that like, threw me off. Like, what? Like, they fought every other episode in the cartoon. And I thought, when I first saw the movie, and I remember going to the movie theater with my mother and seeing the first X Men film. And her bugging me in my ear like a mosquito asking Who's me, that? Yes, What's doing that. <laughs> What's going on? Why does he act like that? Like, like, hey, man, I'm trying to enjoy this here. Leave me God alone. God damn it, mom. But I remember, like <laughs> like he said, when Wolverine and Sabretooth didn't know each other and it threw me off. And I was like, maybe it's going to come back. That will come back to him at right. some point. They're just setting this, it up or something. Yeah. So, But then it like never really came back. And I was just like, mm, I, mean, I don't know, like that. And here's, here's why I try to play devil's advocate with that. This is people like you because I know I used to work with a guy who was like a huge X-Men fan and hated the movies I think X-Men also came in a time when being true to a comic book wasn't as important see that was before Stewart realized holy shit we can actually kind of adapt adapt these stories right these pre-packaged storylines back when they felt like we can all we gotta do is new content yeah but see X-Men has been around so long now they've had to slowly start to go back to that but there's still a contingency of fans who remember when they weren't like that so now you have Marvel and DC who basically just take shit off the page and throw it on the screen the X-Men movies, they were like, man, we have to do all that. Right. But they learned. Now they're trying to get back to it. Now you see them going back. They're doing Dark Phoenix again. They did Age of, They did Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> I, I, I did watch that one. Mm-hmm. I didn't like it very much, but, you know. It wasn't what I expected. I don't say that. <laughs> Psylocke. That's all I'll say. Yeah. <laughs> I will say the ending of it was good. I liked the showcasing of the powers. 
But it was just like, like first of all, Quicksilver, just just fucking tell me today. Like just 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 tell him. Come yeah, on. Yeah, that was kind of annoying. Like, what, what, why are we dragging this out? <laughs> yeah, that could easily stop all this. Hey, by the way, I'm your son. You had sex with my mother. <laughs> That's kind of a funny thing too about Quicksilver in particular. Just about the whole the kind of bullshit way that the rights are being handled where yeah. like both like Marvel Studios has I knew we were getting their, to it their Quicksilver this is what get I mean how stripes. can you not I mean that shit is just that's it's, just it's ridiculous money. Money. I mean yeah it's but it's just it just I think it's just an example of kind of how fucked up the culture is in America just what from that? a from a business standpoint it just kind of like makes no damn sense it's just funny because people once again we, 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 this is where we get out of like strike from with this podcast we, we did a lot we did hella research on like all this, a lot of it's like secret some of the stuff you'll never know we just have to assume but we do know for a fact that well one Fox saved Marvel from going bankrupt because Fox bought a whole lot of shit from X-Men everything involved in X-Men they own uh, I think it was something else they bought Fantastic Four Fantastic Four right okay um, Marvel had to sell it. They uh, they were about to close shop. Huh? Fox was the reason that you saw all of those cartoons in the nineties. Yeah, that makes sense. When Fantastic Four yeah, had a, when Fantastic Four had a cartoon, when The Incredible Hulk had one, when Spider Man had one, when X Men had one, when they did that God awful Silver Surfer <laughs> one, when, like those were produced and made by Fox. That's why you know they came on Saturday morning on Fox yeah. Kids. But right. the funny thing with X Men is that they're in this weird limbo with Marvel and Fox, and people always have this assumption that. Marvel's trying to openly sabotage X Men, but it's funny if you think X Men gets no promo outside of movies. They, get, they better get promo for comic books. They don't have toys. Their merchandise is okay. You, you'll find the merchandise in like a comic book store, but you're not gonna walk inside Walgreens and X. Yeah, I think toys. they just did. I think Marvel just had a hand in the first X Men toy line in the last twenty years with the uh, Marvel Legacy, and they just did just. They released a whole line where it was just X Men, and then that was a big deal because it was the first time. That and nobody had, yeah, it was just, it hadn't but, been done in twenty but it, years. But so X Men still was, sell really well. Comic, yeah. Well, comic wise, they sell really well, and there's no that's how popular they are. But like you said, it's just funny with them because I, I think too, Marvel didn't. I don't think Marvel ever thought they would be the successful. They never thought they would need X Men, and they don't need X Men. That's the another. They don't need X Men. Marvel movies outperformed X Men at the box office, but. And also, too, before I can get into, the, into that, I've always <laughs> said this. I don't know if I want to see X-Men back with Marvel. Because if you read the comic books, they, X-Men and Avengers have always existed in this weird, different space. Right. It's like X-Men live in a world where everybody hates people with powers. And then Avengers over here where everybody likes people with powers. And, and, really, and Spider-Man and, and if, every, if, everybody else is, is cool but the X-Men. And if Marvel you read, like, if you really read Marvel comic books, they rarely ever interact with each other. Like, they have that Wolverine over there. Uh, maybe... Uh, Beast or something, but it, yeah. like the, the mass majority of X Men, like X Men weren't even involved in the Civil War. They 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 decided to be neutral. They, I think only in the first in the first Infinity in the first Infinity War they just sent Wolverine. So it's like if they came back to Marvel, what would what would happen there? They're not going to interact. You would still way. be making movies where they don't interact, and they're in their own little universe in New, the middle of New York, as they've always been. And I hate and I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but ever since uh, Fox saw how much money Marvel was making on expanding universes, X Men are probably never going back to Marvel. Then more Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. I don't think Fantastic Four is going back. I think Fox is they going gave him Squirrel. I'm just saying Fantastic Four, the team, Uh-oh. not everything related with them. Just this, the but team. this apparently characters that throw stuff at the wall. in gray areas, like if, if like Quicksilver and the Scarlet Witch could pop up in Marvel because they started off in X Men and then Avengers joined the Avengers in the comic book. So anybody that went one place to another can be used by both studios. But if you're just straight like X Men, since they're always too like, way in the X Men universe, yeah, like Deadpool's never going to Marvel. Deadpool is definitely never going. Definitely never going. As much money that movie made, he's right. never going back. <laughs> and Marvel would make a Deadpool movie. 
Rated R Deadpool movie? There's no way Marvel would do that. There's no way. But I mean, eh, we'll see. You gonna watch the gifted show? Marvel has a hand in that. I have not watched that. I did enjoy Legion though. And Marvel had a hand in that. Her Legion was good. I Legion was good. It's it a little, it's a little trippy. Like it it's a little bizarre. bit weird. Yeah, the first. I think. I, the, I mean, my, yeah. that's my shit. Is I, it's got to get weird. I like that weird. It movie. was very weird. The first episode <laughs> yeah, was one of my favorite movies. The first episode I watched, and I was like, "This is the most trippiest acid trip I've ever seen." <laughs> I've never done acid, but I you imagine this. Is, yeah, but once again, did, did you watch Legion? And I would imagine that's what it is like to do acid. It's funny. I called him. I told you, I said it's gonna be Shadow King. Watch. You did say that, and I had to go back and watch the first episode, and then watch the rest of the season. And it was great. It, it really was. They had a lot of references to the X Men and where Legion come from. And if you really, I had to go back and do research and remembering who Legion is, and right. what he's about. And when I did that. I really understood the show a lot better. Now, I'm not suggesting everybody else do that because I still think it's a great show whether you go back and do all of that or not. But, uh, yeah, Marvel had a hand in that. Marvel has a hand in The Gifted. Um, yeah, so Marvel and Fox talk quite often. Yeah, there's something going on. That we and they more. talked about Deadpool because they had to change Negasonic uh, Teenage Warhead's powers. Oh, yeah, the powers. And then that's how they ended up getting uh, Ego, the living planet, for... Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. So There's something going on with them. So they talk, what it is. they talk quite often. That's why when he talked about Fantastic Four going back, it's ah, something's going on. Because they, they're talking more than they normally ever talk. Like these characters crisscrossing, going back and forth, and then helping out with TV shows. I said, Marvel and Fox are doing something together. I don't think it's going to be another X-Men movie. It's not going to be an X-Men movie. But well, I don't think they'll get behind a full-blown X-Men movie or a full-blown Fantastic Four movie, but doing stuff like having the scroll be the villain for Captain Marvel. I think... Not the super scroll, though. The scroll. Yeah, just but just having that that leeway and like don't be surprised if you see Kang the Conqueror pop up in an Avengers movie. I so, mean, it, it, yeah, that and I just think that it's just very interesting to see these, the relationship changing over time. And also, people always say, "Well, why can't Fox do what with Marvel like Sony did with Marvel?" Like we said, Marvel had merchandising rights to Spider Man, and Sony had the movie rights, so it made sense for them to come together. Right. Fox owns everything X Men. There's no merchandising shit with Marvel. <laughs> they own everything with X Men, so they're not gonna. There's no incentive exactly. Yeah. So Marvel's like, "Why would we help y'all build up these characters if we're not getting anything right. in return from it?" And I, I read somewhere that that's what an executive at Marvel told somebody who asked them online, like, "Why do you guys? Why are you guys pushing the Inhumans?" Because Right now, everybody hates the Inhumans. <laughs> they're the poor man's X-Men. And they asked him, why are you guys... They are, literally, yeah, they they're are the poor man's X-Men. They are. And somebody asked the executive, why are you guys pushing the Inhumans way more than you guys push the X-Men? And the guy basically told him, well, if I own 100% of something and just a portion of something and a portion of another thing, which one am I likely more to be to get behind? I'm going to get behind the one where I get the 100% profit out of versus... I just get this small portion from these guys, which makes sense. Like, I, if I'm Marvel, I'm putting all my chips and whatever I have to <laughs> into in humans because right. I only get a small portion out of X Men. Yeah, so why could, do I want to put could, all my money into that? We could help y'all build up Wolverine, but y'all don't get ninety five percent of the profits. As opposed, to we can just push out a baby Groot doll and get hundred percent of the profits. <laughs> there's no, there's no, there's no. Like, that's that. easy money. I'm not. This is really no debate. Like, and, and that's why you see these going back to Batman vs Superman when before it came out. This is right around the time we started the podcast. I thought there was no way that movie didn't make less than a billion dollars. There's no way. Batman? Yeah, I thought, e I thought every, easily that was going to be a billion I said, the last two Batman movies made a billion dollars easily, right? Dark Knight was the first superhero movie ever to make a billion. There's no way. I said, there's no way Avengers is going to be 
Batman vs. We had this conversation too when after Avengers came out and it hit a billion, he texted me, he was like, I think Batman's gonna hit a billion, man. It's gonna hit a billion. And I was like, You think so? He was like, There's no way it's not gonna hit a billion, man. I was like, You think it'll beat Avengers? He was like, Easily it'll beat Avengers. Now, this is Batman and, Super- and then Wonder Woman. I said, There's no way. Yeah, he was like, Easily it'll beat Avengers. And this was in 2012. And then when it came out and it didn't beat Avengers, I personally was shocked because I was like, Batman is literally everybody's favorite superhero. Everybody knows Batman if they don't know any other superhero. They know Batman. So when BVS was coming, I was thinking there's no way that this doesn't hit a billion easy. It's Batman, it's Superman, and you got Wonder Woman in there. Everybody was so hyped to see the Trinity and all of that. And I was just like, there's no way that you don't hit a billion, especially with the first time we see Wonder Woman on screen. No way you don't hit a billion. And when it didn't hit a billion, I was like, mm, Warner Brothers, <laughs> what are y'all doing over there? Y'all kind of dropping the ball here. This should have been the easiest billion dollars you've ever made off a movie in your entire history right. of filmmaking. <laughs> yeah, but it was just, it's a movie. So. How, let, let's, let's jump into that. Tell me, like, what's your opinion? Because uh, my opinion was, I thought it was all right. You know, I didn't think it was great. I did not like the CGI sh- bullshit kind yeah. of at the end, and that they kind of gave they should have they shouldn't have uh, included Doomsday in the trailer. We said that, ah, we said that was a real that was a real fuck up. But also, just I every movie. I said I can tell you, Act One, Two, and Three. This movie. Yeah, we had people literally arguing with us that it wasn't Doomsday. One guy suggested that it was Amazo the Android, <laughs> and I was like, you know, good and damn well that's not Amazo the Android. And he pointed out all the pa- Amazo could take somebody else's powers, and he could have took Superman's and shot. The- I was like, bro, you're doing way too much. <laughs> Nobody cares about Amazo the Android that much to put him in BBS, right. in BBS, bro, in BBS. And when the movie came was coming out, they were saying that it was supposed to be more Dark Knight Returns, right. you know, from based off the graphic novel. Yeah. So that's what I was expecting when going in to see the movie. The older Bruce, right. who was coming back out of retirement from being Batman. I wasn't mad at Ben Affleck's depiction. I wasn't mad at the Bruce Wayne that we got in the film. See, I like that was a bright spot the- for me. But like, and then it was supposed to be like the, and then when they said it was supposed to be like also Death of Superman, I was like, it's a dead giveaway. It's Doomsday. You're doing Death right. of Superman, like. What's the dead giveaway? You said, what did you like about this? See, I I liked Batfleck, man. Yeah, and I'll yeah, tell you what, yeah, I love just to just to show you how how fair of a, of a man I am, Christian Bale is one of my favorite actors ever. Really? Like I, yeah. Oh yeah. Christian actor. Bale. Love Christian Bale. Think he's a fantastic actor. American. Uh, what is it? American, American Hustle. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's my movie. That's my movie. But also American, you know, American Psycho too. Right. Of course. Uh, so, guy's phenomenal, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't like his. I didn't like his Batman that much. He was too. Bo- it was too stiff. It was like, I heard that. you know what I mean. I, I kind of. I dug. I dug Batfleck. I was. I was on the train. Yeah, I agree. But uh, like I said, the, the fucking the ending was kind of like. Eh. And then y'all make this like. Somebody made a point. It's like okay, Superman is the most, one of the most powerful beings in all of comic books. And you made the, his biggest enemy throughout that whole movie the press. <laughs> like, what the hell? Like, you get the feelings hurt because the, the press. fake news. Basically. Like, what, <laughs> like come on, bro, bro, do your Superman. Like, what are you doing here? Like, this is. Right. And then Lex Luthor was horrible. Jesse Eisenberg, who plays every character. Yeah, man. I really tried to give him the benefit of the doubt. I knew that. I said, because he plays the same character every damn movie. But what the more you? and more I kept watching the movie, I've rewatched the movie, I was just like. I can't defend it. I just can't defend it. That man. was I definitely that was a, a miscue for sure. Yeah, a lot of people will come that I agree with. They were trying to. They, I know what they were trying to do. Because sometimes when you're doing like when you're revamping something, you're trying to put actors in place that make you forget about the ones before it, or they can match up. But it's like you're not like when they got Jared Leto's joke, and they're like, okay, this is probably 
somebody with maybe can get close to Le- Heath Ledger because they kept trying to say he's he's a method actor, he's method acting. But then you saw him, you're like, he's barely in this movie one and two. It's just like, what the f- I I thought his look was badass. Yeah, his look, was but badass. he oh man, just didn't work. Yeah, but it didn't work man. <laughs> yeah, the. I like Suicide Squad. The way he he carried it out, the, way, <laughs> the way he carried it out just didn't didn't hit home. So yeah, and I tried to give him the benefit of the doubt as well. But the more I watched Suicide Squad, I was just like, yeah, yeah, I can't do it. I kind of liked it. I liked it at first, but yeah, then when I went back and when I watched it the second time, I was kind of like, ooh, this, yeah, this is definitely it, not as good. I must have been. Exactly I don't know what I, mean. what I was. You were caught in the lights. You were caught in the lights. It happened. <laughs> I, I like, it happened. My, first, my first, I was like, yo, this movie pretty damn good. And then I saw it again. I'm like, eh, I see, okay, I see mistakes. And the third time, I'm like, you know what? I, I'm lying to myself at this point. This movie's not that good. To me, it's just simply an enjoyable movie. You, I think you can sit down and just enjoy it for what it is. Right. But, yeah, they could have did way better. I it think, take, what, David here six weeks to write that? Yeah, that's not... If anybody's ever written a script of that of magnitude, six weeks is not a lot of time. Oh, no. I Hell no. Hope, I would hope that whoever DC brings in for the second one, they started writing it now. Yeah, <laughs> like, I would hope so. But, um... Even going back to like comic books, when I we were watching it, when I, we first saw BBS, one way I'm gonna get kicked out of theater because I kept talking, because um, <laughs> I just kept saying like, "What the fuck is going?" Like when he when he ever got when the beginning of the movie. Well, we commentate during the movie when we watch him, so we're usually drunk. And um, we were uh when he when he got lifted up, and I said, "We supposed to be Jesus?" Like with, by the bat, I'm like, yeah, "What the hell is going on?" Bad Jesus? He said, "I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this." Said, what, the, what the hell is this? And then whenever Flash popped up, I said, <laughs> "Keep in mind, I." I he re- doesn't read DC, as I've said. Whatever. So I, I was like, I said, who is this? What's going on here? <laughs> I was Man? confused because I was like, I think that's the Flash. But why is his suit clanking? I don't ever remember him having a metallic suit. So, But it turned out it was the Flash. And I was like, he was like, what? what, what is this? What's going on? And I was like, Flashpoint. Flashpoint? And <laughs> I was okay. like, is this Flashpoint? Because I've, I've read the, uh, the miniseries Flashpoint and I saw the animated film. So when it happened, I was like, same like Flashpoint, but okay, we okay. So it's I was like, so it's Dark Knight Returns, the Death of Superman. <laughs> you also threw Flashpoint in here, and then you keep watching the movie. They had a little bit of injustice in it. And I was just like, wait, yeah, I got like four story arcs going on in one film. Right. Y'all doing way too much for me. It I'm was gonna, just, I'm gonna, it was just a lot. I'm gonna concede something, and then we can move on. BBS <laughs> had its issues. It did, and I don't like it. But we have to be honest here. That Civil War was almost the exact same day. It movie. was the ex- almost the exact, almost the exact same, same movie. You have a villain who got extremely fucking lucky because of some circumstances that he, there's no way he could plan. You have two major heroes going at it to, at the end, finding out they should team up and then fighting again. Um, and then you also have um, the formation of a new type of team, I guess. Yeah. So it's, but it's just, but Marvel just, I just like Marvel better. Because, I mean, the ending made more sense to me. Like you said, when they do them today, was just, that was a huge cop out to me. Yeah. But, uh, but I've mean, a lot of times superhero movies do that to each other because me and Fresh had gotten into it one time with a guy who wanted to argue with us that Avengers 1 and 2 wasn't the same movie. Like, yeah, the and when they were movie. there, the exact same movie. He was like, dude, no, they're not. The I forgot what his points movie. were, but every time he said something, we were like, they, no, they when you look at it and break the movie down, they are the exact same movie. They both, in both movies, they fought a faceless army, and there was a timer ticking down basically a bomb or to, end, to end it all they and fought the Hulk, the Hulk. and <laughs> he was like they didn't they didn't fight the Hulk I was like so what yes, was I, I was like so what was Iron Man doing in, in South Africa like what, they fought he the, literally was fighting him like movie. what are you talking about but I mean it is what it is um, going back to comic books uh, one thing we did have the privilege of doing we interviewed Chris Claremont we did which is like a huge point of that's pretty dope which is our highlight probably the highlight still of the show um, nice because you know this guy basically 
made X-Men. Like, the X-Men we all know and love is cut from him. Um, he, he told us that before he came on X-Men, they were about to cancel it. Yeah. It wasn't selling. Yeah, it's funny because he originally, I started to cut you off, but he originally wanted to do, he was on Fantastic Four because that was one of their highest selling comic books at the time. But they took him off that and put him on X-Men. He was like, what the hell? Why? Like, you don't want to stay I'm happy here. Nobody likes X-Men. Pre-1975 and Marvel, X-Men was not selling the way that it sold 1975 and on. So uh, what they would do is, and I watched a whole documentary about it. What they would do is they would take old issues and re not oh, even not right. even redo the cover. They would just put like a different color on the background of the same color and just reissue it. <laughs> so issue twelve would have been like issue thirty five, right? And then they would just resell it to just help get sales up. But it still wasn't helping until nineteen seventy five and the giant size right. issue one, yeah. and all of that. So like yeah. Makes sense. It, it, for him, and he, this goes back to something you said, Chris Claremont also believes in closure. He feels like if I'm going to keep putting these characters in situations, there has to be something that long-term, you know, long-term effects of this. Um, also, I asked him why the hell he created Jubilee. I hate Jubilee. He specifically <laughs> made her no, so nobody would like her. And he said he'd also put her in situations where there's no way she should have well, gotten out had, of that. And she, where she had to be the only character that had to save Wolverine. Yeah, she had to she literally save Wolverine's life once. He said he did that on purpose because he knew that there's no way in hell he <laughs> could do that. <laughs> but, he, but he said, he's, and this is his exact words, he said, when you're writing something, no matter if it's a comic book, a script, whatever, a book, you're God. You know what these characters are going to do. You know how they act. You know what's going to happen next. You have to make it real and, and create this type of depth to them that the reader can understand and it, it doesn't come off as cheesy. And one thing that Marvel was able to do that made them that separate them from DC is that they humanized a lot of their characters. Right. DC was steeped a lot in mythology. Right. Wonder Woman, Batman 2, Superman are almost like gods. And they could call the new gods in comic books. Yes. Marvel was giving their characters drug problems, giving them alcoholic problems. They were putting these characters, they were giving them PTSD. And that's what Chris Claremont really preached. He was like, I made sure that whatever they went through, it fucked them There's up. Wolverine, y'all can, when, I went, when, I, when I got a hold of Wolverine, he was campy. They, they were trying to make him half actual, uh, actual half of a Wolverine. He said, I, really, I made this guy have to be a mental patient. He's a trained mental patient with PTSD, with no memories. He's not somebody who should be around kids. And I right. made it very clear he should not be around these kids. <laughs> I know they said they, they took it and made it something else, but even then, because they asked, he said they asked him to come back. But he said they, they want him to redo Kitty Pryde. He's like, no. I'm trying to age you. So I made Kitty Pride young for a reason to show how fucked up it was that a 16 year old was running around and doing these dangerous life threatening missions. He said, I, really, I made these characters. He was like, just like George R. R. Martin said. George R. R. Martin says he doesn't believe in good and evil because he believes it's, it's ambiguous to the characters. Because everybody in Game of Thrones thinks what they're doing is the right thing. Right. It's not like he said, because George R. R. Martin made the point of he likes Tolkien, but Tolkien made it very obvious who was good and who was evil. Right. There was no middle ground. But and Claremont said the same thing with X Men. He was making characters that. Yeah, they are doing good things, but let's take a step back and realize that it's got some fucked up shit going on here. Professor X is kind of a sociopath. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's crazy. Like, you like he was training, here and he was training these kids at like 12. You know what I'm saying? And you got, he said, I, he said, I killed Jean Grey. He said, I, they, Marvin didn't want me doing it, but I specifically told him, I'm going to kill her. This Phoenix shit is not going to just, she gets powerful and goes on about her day. I'm going to kill her. You can't be that powerful. Nobody's going to notice. <laughs> like, right. Yeah, the whole empire come down and tell like, oh, you know what your wife is doing? <laughs> what y'all doing out here, man? <laughs> your wife has a, is imbued with the power of a god. This is no, hell no. So, you know, shout out to Chris Claremont. That was probably one of our, that's probably one of the best interviews I've ever done in my life. No matter if it's comic books or the radio. Just, that was the biggest interview I've ever done. Because I didn't think, one, I didn't think he talked to us. But and two, he was very, very, he was very, very open. So did y'all do it? Y'all did like a Skype interview or what? Over the phone. Over the phone. phone. We did over the phone. Um, nice. Just talking to somebody who's been around so long and seeing the history of it and hearing the history, 
and he told a story about what was it like super size Marvel used to do like these giant size comic book things a crossover team ups he was saying that how he got um the cast of SNL that's the first cast of SNL yeah, yeah. first season and so he basically just called them up and they were like what's Lauren Michael was like yeah cool we'll send them up he said like Andy Kaufman no not Andy Kaufman uh, James Belushi James, Jim Belushi yeah. Dan Aykroyd and I think Bill Murray came over there they all helped him write it Somebody like, man, can you imagine? It's like, <laughs> right? these people before they could look. So, and, like, and also, like I said, the story with Fantastic Four, it's funny to hear at one point in time, like, Fantastic Four was the premiere. Them and Spider-Man were the premiere comic books. Now, Fantastic Four, you get one issue out. Spider-Man's still kind of the premiere. <laughs> whether, it's, whether it's Peter or Miles, it's still the premiere. So, but yeah, it was just, you know, it's, and that's, and that's always been the thing with comic books. It's, it's, it's mythology, but it's great. And it's also something for everybody. It's not like, you know, if you're like a Stephen King fan, you're not going to probably find a Stephen King book that's going to be anything campy like Spider-Man. Yeah. You kind of got to know what you're getting with Stephen King. It's going to be horror or just extreme PTSD-driven drama like Green Mile or Shawshank. But um, what comic books you can find, what you like, there's a comic book called Saga on Image. Great, great comic book. Worth a lot of money, too, which I have. <laughs> great. Um, it's a great comic book. There's a whole lot of different themes in it. There's LGBT themes in it. There's, um, it's of course, like Star Wars. It's family. It's a, it's a great comic book. Walking Dead came from out of there. Oh, out of image. image is great, man. They're doing a lot. Sex criminals. Um, you, you don't like now. You no, don't you put me on sex issue. criminals. Now you don't like it. No, I'm thinking about do I have that issue? The first one or? Uh, but yeah, like you said, Saga, Walking Dead, Sex Criminals, his favorite Spawn. Yeah, Jason. I'm talking about early Spawn. Yeah, but early. Uh, but like Image is Image now is doing great things, and they literally are putting out an, a, a a title a week, <laughs> like every week they have a brand new number one issue of something. But um, they're doing great, and like Confucius said, with indie titles, Image has really shown that you don't have to be bogged down to seventy five, sixty plus years of backstory, and right. having somebody look over your shoulder and telling you, "Well, no, you can't do that. Oh, no, you can't do this." I'm gonna tell you, Alfred, they killed Alfred. Last week? Oh, well, breaking news. <laughs> well, the villains, it's, it's, some, it's some awesome universe shit going on. I'm sure it is. It's, it's, it's like DC. A, this, this, this universe is Batman Cyborg. Uh, see, yeah, see, yeah, no. Bang, <laughs> bang, kill, Apple. Uh, yes, no, no, man. It's not the back. Can't do it. Can't do it. Can't keep up with the alternate universes and the time travel. And all, uh, it's, it gets confusing. But you like X Men. X Men with time travel for like. I, 20 I haven't years. read an X Men title, and I don't know when because that shit is. I don't X- think they know the timeline that they're in. X Men were the kings and queens of time travel and fucking uh, in space for the longest. I don't think they know what timeline they're in. I don't think they know who's alive and who's dead. Gene <laughs> comes back. She's a teenager. She, she comes, comes back. back. She's grown. She Scott's dead. Scott's dead. Is he not dead? Is dead. is Bobby Drake gay? Is he not gay? He's like not nobody gay. knows. Nobody <laughs> knows, bro. It's just it's, yeah, it's confusing. No, nope, yeah, books, man. It's it's just and it's confusing as hell. Well, it's it's, it's the thing with comics like soap operas, uh, right? Reading. Yeah, like, no you miss shit. one episode, you're like, okay, that's Who's exactly like, Who, what. <laughs> Boy, I just they were married last episode, so the comic books, you're like, what the fuck? Wait a minute, what Rogue is dead at night? Bears? Rogue don't have powers. She has powers now. Damn it, what? Is uh, Rogue's an <laughs> Avenger, then she's an X Men. Like who? But who knows, man? Did you ever read Ultimate? The Ultimate titles when they were. I, n- I never did. A lot of the movies are based on yeah. those. A lot of, especially X Men, like the Darker Suits from the Ultimate. Um, a lot of the plot lines from Marvel now come from the Ultimate. Like with uh, the Chitari. The Captain Ultimate. Nick Fury. Uh, Hawkeye and Black Widow already working for Shield. Um, 
black black boys come from there. Uh, I uh, may be young as shit can't be the ultimate. Yes, it is. And ever since then, they've been keeping in every iteration of the cartoon, they've had her either young or kind of hipster ish or <laughs> well, I mean, young ish. Okay, some... And I want your opinion on this. Did it ever make sense to you how Aunt May was that damn old? No. I mean, you have a 16 year old and your aunt's like 70, so she's your great aunt. Right. That's what I I always assumed that. How she alive great, still? Like when, like, when watching the cartoon and reading when she was that oh, I always assumed that that was his great aunt. And I think uh, like the episode, I think on the episode of the Spider-Man animated series, they talked about like his parents being possibly Russian spies or not being Russian spies. And she iterating that she was related. If her last name is Parker, that means... That's his father's sister. And I was like, boy, your mom and daddy had you old, man. Like, <laughs> was your father that old when they had you? Like, or no, like, how is this? Like, how is this work? So I always assumed that that was his great aunt. But later on, they kind of just insinuated that that was just his his first aunt. So, like, I'm just like, I, I, I prefer Aunt May Young. I'm sorry. It works <laughs> for me. It works for me in my mind. Is your favorite superhero Batman? Yeah, I'd probably have to go with Batman. Uh, why? Why Batman? Man, I don't know. I just it's, you were the, the, around the night and they drove us and they drove into our damn heads every week, right? I mean, it's hard to explain why, but I guess I've just always been fascinated. Like I said, going back to the campy ass '60s show, watching that is like you know before I was even in kindergarten, yeah. and then you know like in '89, like you said, uh, the Michael Keaton film came out, and that movie, my cousin and I, we used to watch that damn movie. Over, oh, yeah. I probably have seen that damn movie like two hundred times. Not, oh, not, so no shit. Probably. Maybe more. Probably, probably. Maybe more. Like who's on TV right now? Say, stop chill. <laughs> Batman's on. Oh, we oh, watching shit. this. We watching this. Oh, time out. <laughs> we are going to commentate this while it's on on the show. Joker dance. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Batman. Okay. Um. So what about the Marvel? Like, what's your X Men? Yeah, yeah. You know, X Men. I, I do. Yeah, I like the X Men, and I guess Wolverine too, because like. That's again. That's kind of the era that I'm from. You know, I'm like I'm like 34. I was born in '82, so you know I was coming right up about that time as when they were really pushing. Wolverine was like everywhere in the media. Yeah. It was like always advertised yeah, on the course. back of the the floppies, and you know then the animate the first animated series came out, and I just loved that shit. Yeah, Wolverine is the literal face of X Men. Yeah, he's anytime they push anything X Men is Wolverine. More so the mascot. Which, once again, that's Chris. Chris said when he got him, they were like. Do whatever the fuck you want with him. And he said, you know what? I'm going to make this dude the most fucked up person <laughs> I can think of in the world. And then he got popular. I think I don't think Chris even expected that to happen. But um, I think it just goes to show the type of also, like you said, us being born in the 80s, how we were, we're used to kind of like flawed characters. Like, I think that's why a lot of us, that's why I think Superman is as popular as he once was. People know him, but if you look at his sales or his box office, like, man, it's still like the least, it made money, but it made the least amount of all the DC movies that have come out recently. But for us, because Superman is always portrayed as the, the boy scout. Right, exactly. It's like you need some, for me to enjoy it, the characters need to be dynamic. They need to have some flaws. Otherwise, it's it's not any fun to watch or read or what have you. You know what I mean? That's why I kind of like, I'll jump into Punisher, for example. It's uh, kind of like my roommate's a huge Punisher fan. In two weeks, that I, show comes over. I can't, I can't yeah, get into go. it, man. I can't, it's hard for me to get into pun. I, you know, I'm kind of excited about the show. Um, but as far as the books, it's kind of like, how do you, he's kind of like a, he's like a robot, you know, he's like a Terminator, like badass dude. There's yeah. no character growth. He's not going to just all of a sudden, 
not be this crazy deranged well, right now he is guy seeking uh, revenge. So that's the thing they do now. Just throw the symbiote around. You can have it. You That'd get be interesting. I mean, you get a symbiote. Kind of you get a symbiote. You, you get a symbiote. Get a symbiote. <laughs> Everybody gets a symbiote. Like, yeah. That's. Uh, an, I mean, that's intriguing though. I didn't even. I didn't know about that. But you're right. I. You know. I'm actually, it's funny you say that, but it's very true that there isn't that much depth to him. I've the, never read a Punisher comic book. But ever. you know, him and Hulk have that same problem. They're stuck in this kind of like weird box of personality that you can't get out of. True. But I mean, the the Hulk with Bruce Banner though, that's a little bit different. Like, there's a little, there's a dynamic. You know what I'm saying? Or when he's the Hulk, nobody right? Bruce Banner. Yeah, nobody true. wants to see him when he's Bruce. <laughs> I guess that's true. But uh, you, go page, like, oh, what the fuck you know what I mean? But he's like, it's like that. There's that tortured element to it that is a little bit different. But it's kind of like I don't know. I read Garth Ennis's um, fucking what the Marvel Max punisher stuff oh, which well, was okay. you know oh, it was all right yeah he goes back to vietnam that was they had some pretty intense, <laughs> I had to well, intense. Yeah. Uh, but yeah I, I think i read that one that i think I, I think they pulled a lot we've got it over there i'll just we'll take a look at it after but i think they pulled a lot from punishing now from that yeah from they the definitely movie. they pulled some from what the season two or wait was it season two of daredevil when he was on, yeah, i think like there. the kitchen irish portion because he was kind of like he killed all those Irish gangsters yeah, and the like, beginning of the show, right? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was kind of the where they got the inspiration for that. But I got that Garth once again. Garth is a Hall of Fame writer, so I can understand why he would give punish more depth than anybody else. But um, I've heard writers before say that Superman is the hardest person to write for. I, I can imagine. Yeah, he has powers for every situation. Every, every, yeah, he doesn't have like you said much. There's not many flaws to do. Right. So you have to almost kind of like in Man of Don't read the Man of Steel was half interesting because they made him a hobo. So. <laughs> but it's, but it's, it was funny. Like I told Fresh, I said they really got Superman hitchhiking. And he's just, like, they really got him out here asking for a ride. Like, but it, but it was still as soon as he got his powers, you're like, nah, I don't feel bad. Man. You know. See, when I was watching the trailers for Batman versus Superman, I really kind of enjoyed. Like, I, it kind of looked like they were taking Superman in that direction of maybe like Doctor Manhattan a little bit, mm. which I thought was kind of an interesting take because it's kind of like, yeah, if he wanted to. He could end all. all of us. Yeah. Like, why? Why would he want to help us? Like, why wouldn't he just make it? Like, just so be like, "I'm the king. I'm the king. Y'all are gonna serve me." What the fuck are you gonna do about it? <laughs> yeah. What are you gonna do? I'll just look at your ass. And you're, <laughs> like, let me just. Nobody look. has kryptonite. So what are you gonna do about it? <laughs> I'll, I'll fart in your direction and blow. Like, if what you know, what would happen if Superman farted at someone? Man, the, it would just man. tear him apart, right? Man, they shot a theoretically that man in that damn movie, and he healed him. <laughs> so I said, man, see, come on. <laughs> he just floated and said, "You know what? I'm back." He flew back down. I'm like, "Come on, man." But yeah, so I, I, once again, I can imagine how hard it is to write for that because. But it, it, it's, well, they said the same thing about the Hulk because they said it really it's hard because Bruce Banner is such a frail man. Right. Like you have to, you have to really have the the, the conflict within him to not turn to the Hulk. But what they do now, which is very interesting, and that apparently they're doing this in Ragnarok, they're showing that both the Hulk and Bruce are so separate personality wise, they literally are battling and trying not to go back into each other. Like Hulk doesn't want to turn into Bruce, and Bruce doesn't want to turn into the Hulk. Hulk. They hate each other, so it's always this dynamic. interesting. When you write into that, yeah, dynamic, that's that's kind of interesting. I, mean, I can I've, see that. Man. I've always kind of got that dynamic from reading a Hulk comic or seeing it depicted in animation or in a movie that neither of the two want to be each other. Like like you said, Hulk doesn't want to be Banner. Banner doesn't want to be the Hulk. But nobody's ever really fleshed that out and depicted it like this is the inner struggle that Bruce goes to. It's always you know Bruce. 
tries his hardest not to turn into the Hulk, but he always ends up turning into the Hulk, and then he's back being Bruce. And like, yeah, like you hear about like in the, uh, the first Avengers where Bruce says, you know, he tried to kill himself and he shot him, he shot himself in in the mouth, and the other guy spit it right back out. <laughs> so it was like you always hear That's about some the, tragic shit, always, right? Yeah, it's, you always hear about the struggle, but you never really just see it depicted full and fully fleshed out. So well, that's what they do. I think I like. Okay, you know, you know, Damon Lindoff, right? Oh yeah. Uh, he apparently at one point in time wrote a, a short. Um, it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a one off of Ultimate Wolverine versus Ultimate Hulk. Yeah. It was okay, but the reason it wasn't as good as it could have been because I guess he was still working on Lost and it took like a whole year for the next issue. You got that issue, don't like the second part, the second issue, don't you? One of them, something. Anyway, so Bruce Banner ends up ends up in uh, with the Dalai Lama because he was trying to find a way to control the Hulk and find peace within himself. Oh, nice. Apparently, was traveling. That's an I like that's kind of nice vibe with he, that he a little bit. His death and was traveling across the world trying to find peace and he ended up turning to the Hulk and shield behind him. So anyway, he goes there and he's talking to the Dalai Lama. And the Dalai Lama, he was telling the Dalai Lama, like, hey, you know, I have a problem turning into this huge green monster. And Dalai Lama's like, one, we know that because just because we wear robes doesn't mean we don't have Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> Two, he was like, how do you know that the Hulk's not turning into you and vice versa? Kind of like the chicken and the egg thing. And the Hulk was like, mm, I never it like that. Right. He, was like, he said, it might be it. He said, the reason why you can't find peace is because y'all are openly in conflict with each other. Y'all don't want to turn into each other, but maybe y'all can find a compromise. You can find, it. and it's funny because the issue ended with him finding Kamai. He was the Hulk. He was surrounded by women, neck half naked women. And then Wolverine showed up and basically spoiled all that fun. Yeah, <laughs> flipped the fuck out. So <laughs> that's kind of interesting because I think that's that's an interesting conflict of you know that I feel like I don't know if you, maybe you guys can relate to this, but always feeling like there's two sides to you. You know what I mean? There's like that that part of you that wants to just go over the edge and is like aggressive and like. It's crazy, and then there's the other part that kind of moderates your personality, and like it's maybe it's like the lizard brain deep within the recesses of your mind that wants to like you know fight, take territory, whatever. And then there's that more like modern frontal lobe element that's kind of like trying to check you and and make sure you're fitting into the social realm. You know what I mean? I personally think that's just human nature, I right? Yeah, I mean the I conflict there. A, everybody has a side where they just want to lash out and let loose and let it all out but they know they literally can't and they're kind of <laughs> constantly fighting with it too right like you said where the, as bruce wayne would put it or batman wear this mask for society and be right. the bruce wayne and be the bruce wayne and be the guy that in the face that everybody sees and cool calm and collected and fit into whatever societal norms that we are expected to be a part of i forget who it was that said this but they were it was basically the idea was that Bruce Bruce Wayne was the that was the costume that yeah. Batman that Batman two, wears. Yeah, right? I, I saw two people go at this on Twitter about this, <laughs> and because the initial tweet that I saw that made me go back and read their entire thread was um, they were talking about Superman. They were like, "Well, considering he was uh, he was being he was being raised by two farmers in Kansas, they probably voted for Trump." <laughs> and I was right. No they shit. probably would have voted for Trump. Seriously. And so no I went joke. back and was reading. They were literally arguing about who was the initial personality. And one of the guys was like, no, Batman is definitely the guy who runs the show and Bruce Wayne is the mask. Bruce Wayne is the mask that Batman puts on to not let everybody know that he is Batman and what Batman, and what he's really about, that he really wants to let loose and that Batman is the person, the dominant personality. Right. Batman is the real guy running the show. And the other guy was like, no, Bruce is definitely the dominant, is the dominant personality of the two. And I was like, 
No, I can kind of see Batman being more so the dominant personality rather than so Bruce. I mean, I think that's it's just an interesting idea. You know what I mean? Like that idea itself is what gener and the kind of conversation that that can generate to me is probably the most interesting. Like, doesn't really matter necessarily, but just that idea of like that's like a different spin on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it gets my mind thinking in, in a totally different track. And I don't know about you guys, but I think what and I've said this like to fucking 10 people probably or, or more on the podcast is what I love about the comic books is that they get my mind going in a totally different like I'm thinking about you know I'm reading like these Grant Morrison books and getting fucking weird like Doom Patrol and stuff like that that's like I call it like the surrealist version of the X-Men and it just spins my mind into this totally different world and just gets to it's kind of like steroids for my imagination mm-hmm. like injects this total like you know what I mean? Because it's like when I'm thinking about stories, it's kind of like I have this fenced in portion. But when I read comics, it those boundaries evaporate and my mind is f- able to jump outside of that like fenced in idea of what a story can be or what a character art can be. And it's totally there's there's so much freedom out there for you to create something new and exciting. So yeah, I, mean, I, I couldn't have said it better myself. That's, Either. that's basically what comic books are and they continue to be. It's no surprise that all these movies are making all this money because people, you know, it's funny. It's, movies have provided fans like us, uh, fan, uh, uh, casual fans, the, the, uh, the opportunity to escape into those worlds and not be, you know, having to feel like they have to read all these comic books. But for us, we've read comic books. That's, that's, that's exactly what it is. And I, I love stories. I, I do. Love yeah, stories. man, I do too. So more than anything, probably. Exactly. And, it, and, and if you're like me, I'd read these things and just go like to the meat of them. Like that's why I keep one of the examples I brought up with like conflict, character conflicts. And, yeah, that's what it's about, man. Because he has none. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but like I was saying, like Alan Moore, Batman, fucking Killing Joke was just like it's funny. Killing Joke is always known for the brutalization of Batgirl, but for me, the Killing Joke is good because how it ended. The Joker telling Batman that Joker, and they're both laughing. That's basically symbolism of they're kind of both the same. They're both crazy as shit. Right. It's just one just happens to have some kind of moral code, and the other one doesn't. But they're not both. And Joker told me they're well, not really that much different. Mm-hmm. But um, the fact, that, and on top of that, I think the last picture is Batman laughing and having his arm on Joker's shoulder, laughing so hard. Right, kind of leave it ambiguous as yeah, exactly. to what Cause been, yeah. you know. People have been arguing about that for decades, decades or well, more. Uh, <laughs> and that's what comic books shine the most. Um, Watchmen is considered one of the best. Stories or novels, because considered a novel, a graphic novel of all time, like of all time, up there with like Ernest, the Ernest Hemingway, and Charles <laughs> right. Dickens, because Watchmen is extremely good. That's why I thought the movie was halfway decent. I'm like, the movie didn't hit the subtleties that the, the, right. the, the graphic novel did. Uh, just True. like you have Swamp Thing over there. Swamp Thing considered a great, great, a great run when it was Alan Moore doing. Yeah, it was. Until that show came out, and people were like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Man, and there was a kids' cartoon, which I actually it liked. was. It I was. Like I, I remember watching. I'm not gonna say I like, but it's also, but it's, it's it's interesting too because look at Turtles. Team Ninja the Turtles are known Whoa, as like right? the, the one of the quintessential pop culture characters of all time. But if you read their original comic books, it was way darker and graphic than anything you ever read before. They were they killed Shredder the first issue. They were trained <laughs> assassins who did not talk, so they weren't cracking jokes. There was no color, but of course they got bald and it became you know, the staple of entire generation of children, including my children now. But um, <laughs> it, comic books can always take you to that place, and, and, and the turtles were inspired by Daredevil. Yeah. So it, it, um, it, I don't know. It's just yeah, I, we love comic books. 
And we're definitely going to uh, need this episode when you're done so we can put it up on our. Oh, yeah, no yeah, doubt. Because we're going to put that episode since August. Sorry, people. <laughs> this, this is our next episode. We're a little busy. We're a little busy, folks. R- real quick on that note, um, I, we've, been, we've been rolling for about an hour. I'm having fun. I don't mind going longer, but I don't want to take up you oh, guys good. Sunday. Do you want to? Do y'all want to take a break or like? You, do we need to do a, a pit stop, reload a drink, anything like that? Real quick. Yes, yes. yes. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna pause this up real quick. Commercial break. I'm ready. All right, we re- we're returning from break. Um, so I th- I want to touch on something that we kind of we kind of put a little bit of a pulse on it earlier, but we we're talking about kind of the continuity element of comics and kind of how you know we we want a little bit of closure with the stories. And what I've found is that, like, even a series that I love, like Alan Moore's Run on Swamp Thing, it's kind of like the first, that first volume that he did, uh, it's fucking amazing. I love it. But it's kind of like, as it goes on, as I get kind of like another second volume, third volume, it's kind of like, there's a certain amount of fatigue that I, that I get because there's no, you know what I mean? The story just kind of keeps going on and on. And I have found that a little bit with those types of series. I'm trying to think of another series that I've tried to delve into, um, and I can't really off the top of my head. But what, what what's your opinion on that sort of phenomenon? Because you guys you guys kind of re- are more involved in like the ongoing oh. series a little bit more than I am. I think yeah, it, it, it's, it's honestly a. I imagine going to a bar, right? You see, you know, most people go to bars, and they know exactly what the hell they want. Like right. Very few people go in there and they're like, you know what? What do you where do you recommend bartending? Because most bartenders are gonna give you the most expensive shit they can. <laughs> so with comic books, it's the same thing. Most people that go into comic book stores know exactly what the fuck they want. They know they go in there. They're like, look. So they're like, I want. I'll, give me Batman's issue six forty two. They don't give a shit. So continuity is one of those things where it's really just about your preference. Um, it, I understand it. So I, it's not an issue for me. But at the same time, I'm not gonna. I don't have the time to invest in an ongoing story or to buy it every week. But I can understand. It's like, it's, there's no like bad argument against it. If people don't like it, don't buy it. And you're not, because they don't. But if you do like it, then buy it and shut the fuck up. So, but that's what's funny. When people that like buy them, like have pools every week and complain about them, like you realize that's how comic books work, right? Right. But, um, I mean, it's really your preference. Uh, I, but I will still contend that the best stories are the, like the one-offs, like you said, to me. Uh, that have um, writers who understand endings. Some right. Don't have it. Like, I love uh, fucking Brian Michael Bendis, but he don't know how to end shit. So, <laughs> At all. So. And then when he ends something, people are never happy with how it ends. I think he ended, when he ended his run on X-Men, I think at the beginning of the year, everybody was upset. Nobody liked how he ended it. Everybody was pissed off. Everybody <laughs> was angry and they were cursing Brian. Like, I was getting on Tumblr and People were writing on his page and writing him questions, literally cursing him out for how he ended his run on X-Men. He really didn't have much to say. He was like, eh, I was writing it. This is how I wanted to end it. Basically, mm, y'all can take it and shut the fuck up. I don't really <laughs> care how you feel. I've, it, I was going to end it, and this is how I chose to end it. So yeah. I don't really care. But, um, yeah, I, I guess I would agree. It's just all about preference, and it's really what you are into. I would agree as well that a lot of the best stories are the one-offs or stories that clearly have a beginning, middle, and a conclusion to how the, the whole culmination of that story. I prefer that. I prefer to, like as we said before, get closure to know how this is ending and this, this is the end and these are the consequences and these are what these individuals in the story have to live with. 
Um, I will read something ongoing. That's just me. I don't mind. I may miss some things and just say I I missed a few issues. I wait till the trade paperback comes out and just right. read it all. So, but I don't really personally have an issue with it. But we've gone into it many times <laughs> with people who clearly have an issue with it. But right. like Confucius says, we come back with them and tell them. You do are and are aware this is how comic <laughs> books work. Like, this is literally their function. It's Very true. A, basically, a never-ending story. I mean, you know, it's even more interesting that, um, like we mentioned, the writers that keep it, that stop it or keep it going. Alan Moore stops. Go out there and stops. Neil Gaiman stops. Um, and it's, it's also very telling that those artists, I mean, the writers that I named, a lot of this stuff gets adapted a lot easier, too. You have to imagine for Hollywood, they probably look at it like, yeah, we can... We'll definitely try to you know, work with you if you give us an ending to this shit. But it's probably hard to just go to my Brian Michael Bendis and say, let's make a Miles Morales movie, but what's the ending going to be like? I don't know, because Miles Morales never had an ending. He's still swinging around as Spider-Man. So <laughs> I can understand the difference. That's why probably Chris Claremont, but you know, we talked to Chris Claremont too. He also told us, I asked him, like, you know, how much are you involved with X-Men movies? He said, none. They, they tell me after the fact they're doing it. They don't he, ask me for shit. Yeah, he <laughs> said the writers are always the last to know because I think Confucius asked him, Specifically, how did he feel about um, X Men Apocalypse and the fact that they were moving towards he he, moving towards doing the Dark Phoenix story? And he was like, "They're doing what next?" Oh shit! He wrote the Dark Phoenix story. And, and he was like, "They're doing what?" He was like, "I had no idea that that's what, that's where they were going with that." And he did say he hated Apocalypse. He didn't understand why that they had to go back in time when before they had already kind of. Solve the issue, but now you have to go back. Well, he was saying that he didn't understand. Because remember, Days of Future Past ended. Yeah. Right. With the original cast popping up in the end. He said, so clearly, by you guys going to the 80s with Apocalypse, they're all going to live because you've already shown them in the future, future all alive. Right. So the stakes aren't as high when it comes down We to already know how this story ends. Or they're going to hand wave that ending away. Exactly. Probably. Exactly. Which so, I think some people were talking about that even with just in po- Apocalypse in general. Uh, <laughs> right? it's confusing but to be, and to be fair Chris Claremont also didn't know how to end shit so I can understand maybe why Fox might be like we're gonna change some shit right. yeah you kill Phoenix off and then the next week you had Wolverine you believe getting kidnapped so it's it's, 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 it's different but I don't know I, it's, 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 it's your preference I recommend for anybody who is just getting every time somebody asks me what comic books to read I always go to one off I never I yeah. never say just go pick up a Spider-Man and figure it out I never right yeah I mean that, that kind of makes sense because it's, it's kind of like you're if you're starting in the middle of the story, it's going to be some confusion. Yeah, I imagine you telling somebody to go read Spider-Man now and you see it as a black and Puerto Rican kid. <laughs> like, what the fuck? What happened? And I said, well, you know, you got to go back five years, right? And read and read the this whole other universe. Yeah, like, it's, yeah. it's too read, much to yeah. then read sequel the current the recent sequel wars and how Miles ended up in our universe and why he's the Spider-Man of the current Marvel universe and all that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, I would recommend somebody just, just go in and reading a one-off first. And right. That way, delving into that before you just start you picking up the ongoing I have a question for the room. If you had to recommend one comic book, it could be one-off, it could be a con- it could be a you know, continuous issue or hero or whatever, what would you recommend? If I had to think of one, because I'd go first, I'd say Killing Joke. If I had to choose. Man, I'd have, I'd have a hard time not suggesting Watchmen. As, as fucking cliched as I that is, <laughs> I mean, dude, Al- Alan Moore is a genius. I fucking love it. I, to me, he's his shit is always right up my alley. Young almost always. <laughs> <laughs> you say young Gandalf? Have you seen Alan Moore? 
the I'm just laughing at the fact he's a magician. He's a magician too. For real, he really. I think he practices magic. In a cave somewhere, yelling at the top of his lungs. Why did they keep doing my shit over again? Because you signed with DC, motherfucker. That's why. Oh, what? What I? Oh no, man. Go ahead and say, uh, Fantastic Four Fifty Two. That's because I own it. No. That's exactly why I said it. He has, he has, Fresh has the first appearance of Black Panther ever in a comic book. Nice. On my Braided. wall. On my wall. <laughs> awesome. Um, no, but I, have I the would. The first appearance of Venom. In way in Florida. But it's, I have it. <laughs> I got, I got the first appearance of Miles Morales in way in Florida. I got the first appearance of Galactus. We, okay, we have a list of comic books we, that afford a lot of money, so we actively go after them. Nice. Uh, but I would have to. Uh, I can't remember what issue it was. What issue number is of Green Arrow, but the issue where... Green Arrow. Yes, Green Arrow. Oh. Oliver Queen, DC. I know you don't know. This is a DC title. You Kiss my ass. <laughs> How about that? Kiss me outside. How about that? <laughs> but I would recommend the issue where Roy Harper is addicted to heroin. Because, as we said before, a lot of times... What number issue is that? I don't remember. I can't remember for the life of me right now. But I can recommend to somebody. You don't know who it is. Google this one. It's one, it's one green arrow on it. Google. <laughs> Google. Don't, don't go to the one that Kevin Smith wrote. Don't do that. But no, because we were talking earlier about, and you said earlier about how DC more so really sticks to the mythology and makes these people gods. And I think with their lesser characters or their poor man characters, because Green Arrow is just a poor man's Batman. <laughs> He being really, real, he really I mean, it's just real. Being, being honest, right? From the show to the comics, like he's <laughs> poor man's Batman, and they really, I think, that was their attempt of trying to humanize a hero, especially seven years after the damn fact. Well, it was in the '80s, <laughs> and they really they worked on that, trying to humanize and really showing that these characters do go through real life issues. Granted, they did it after Marvel did it and all of that, but. I think that was their attempt, and it was a really good issue because Roy also ended up finding out that he was a fucking clone, and that him and Cheshire had a baby that the clone had. I, it, it got confusing toward the end because like the clone <laughs> was taking care of the baby, but the real Roy Hopper was on ice somewhere, and it was Green, green like Lantern, that. Green Arrow issues, eighty five, eighty six, published nineteen seventy one. See that kind of that yeah, when Lanterns. it's when it gets a little bit too out there with like this is a clone and blah blah, blah like yeah, that man. shit gets a little it gets a little. Over the top up, for me, you know what I'm saying? Ended up having two Roy Harpers, and right? So we're, like so we're that, not, we don't like the clone saga. That's where you kind of. That's where no, you kind of that jumping. <laughs> that's kind of where you're jumping the shark. For you're kind of losing me if you're like, oh well, this is you know what I mean. It's, it's getting a little bit too convoluted. So we're not gonna we're not gonna recommend the clone saga for Spider Man. <laughs> we're not doing no. We're like not. ten different Spider Man. No, no, I'm not, no, I'm not recommending that. No. Uh, Tom Holland said he wanted to do it. Yeah, Tom Holland is just, just, just stick to acting, bro. Just stick to what they give you. Stick to what they give you. <laughs> they just brought back that storyline with last year. Mm-hmm. The Clone Saga. I said, why? That was the most hated Spider-Man story. And of all me time. and what you. Doing? And when they did it, me and you both said, watch it. Sh- sh- sugar on shit. It's watch not going to work. Everybody tried to say that the original Clone Saga wasn't that bad. And <laughs> lo and behold, people were online saying, you know, the original wasn't that bad. No, yes, no, no. Yes, it, it was. was it was bad. that bad. It was that bad. Don't I'm like, try to I'm do like, that. Like I said, I don't do clones, man. It's just it's a cop. I mean, it depends, but. They did, like, it, they did it horribly. They did it horribly. Clone. I mean, clones in a you know can be in the story, but not like oh you're gonna have to like there's a random clone of you. Oh that this character that you thought was the real so and so is like that's and, getting a little bit. I'm like that's where it ran with Green Arrow. That's where it ran with Green Arrow. 
I love Scarlet Spider. That's not the first time I heard that. I don't think I really fucked with. That's not even. Really, the first time. Was, I never really fucked with Spider Man too much, man. Oh, well, to be man. honest, I first say Scarlet Spider looks straight out of the nineties with that denim. Like hide what period you come from. <laughs> straight out the damn nineties. They should have gave us some hammer pants too. Shit, that's gone. <laughs> Swing with the big ass pants. I can't get no air. <laughs> but yeah, um, okay, so that's good. That's a good selection. Now, granted, they have to find that because it came out in 71, and you're not going to yeah. find that motherfucker laying around in the comic book you're store. You're not, you're not, you're not, you're not. If you walk in the comic book store and see that issue lying around, you, you grab it immediately and say, I'll I check out. I'll check out. <laughs> you clearly know what you got right here. Um, let me see. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah. I'm, I'm asking another question. If you had to recommend a comic book movie, what would you recommend? I'd recommend my first. I'd recommend <laughs> Blade. <laughs> first one? That's a TV show. What TV show? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, sir. Blade never had a show. <laughs> Only I movies. I know nothing of that. Only movies. Um, you're going this way. You're going this way. Oh, oh, right. I'm sorry. We're going well, to counter I'll, I'll go. Mine will be real easy because I'll do. I'll be cliche again and go with The Dark Knight. Just because it's hard to top, man. It's hard yes, to it top. Is. How are you going to top that? That. Batman Begins was better. You think so? I think so. That's all another thing. Okay, take your ledger out that movie and tell me if it's the same. It's just as good. Oh well, I mean, take the <laughs> take the Joker out of the movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's still good. I mean, I'm not gonna say that. Because when uh, when he was gone and it was Aaron Eckhart had to hold the show with Two Face, he was like, "Oh my God, it's just as gripping." Right now, yeah. I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll agree. But guess what? He was he was in it though. Yeah, he, he was in it, it yeah. though. That's the thing is he, he was, was in it, it and he was of a lifetime. Literally, <laughs> he was so. fucking awesome. Um, but I'll. Fresh, we'll let you. I'll let you go. Um, are we doing live action or animated, or both? Whatever, man. Whatever. Whichever. It had to be in theaters, though. Don't don't do. Oh, okay, it had to be in theaters. Oh, so we're yeah. not doing it. No, no so straight to DVD never, shit. <laughs> yeah, basically. We do something. Not, not Blade Four. Not doing it, humans. No. I wasn't naming them. <laughs> well, not naming they. Ass. You can't do like the, the DC animated movies either. It's got to be in theaters. That's why I asked. Are we doing animated or live action? Okay, they, so we're going straight to DVD. So we're going straight live action because I'm definitely not going to. You can do animated, but it had to be in theaters. Yeah, that bullshit. The only one that I know of is Killing Joke, and I'm not naming that bullshit. Mask of Phantasm was in theaters. That was amazing. You right. I was in there for like a week, but it was in there. I'm not going to name that one, though. That would be a good pick, but I'm not naming that one, though. Um, I'm going to go with the first Iron Man. Good, good, Solid choice. Well, outside I, of Terrence Howard, great choice. Yes, outside of Terrence Howard, that was a great movie. Good thing he was only had like a <laughs> screen time of like ten minutes. That's good. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I, I run with that one. That's personally one of my favorite Marvel movies. So yeah, right on. Um, I think there's a little bit of there's a thread that we've kind of tapped on a little bit, and it sort of ties things together. And then I want to get y'all's opinion on on something too that's related, and. I want to talk a little bit because you, Confucius, you mentioned Neil Gaiman. And uh, I think the first of the most, you know what I mean, of the like quote unquote critically acclaimed graphic novel series or comic series that I ran into when I was doing my research was uh, Sandman. Sandman. The old Sandman, which, so I, I, I started. I was going to bring up Lucifer. <laughs> I couldn't quite like, I looking back, I liked the first trade paperback. I guess it's like Nocturnes and, and something else. I forget the exact title, but not a pretty a pretty solid start. I was like, okay, I can I can kind of dig this. But as I got going on and on and kind of like, I never really could get into it too much. I think I stopped after the fourth volume, 
the fourth trade that came out. Just because, like I said, like I said, it's that. It's that kind of element of you know what I mean when the story keeps on kind of going and going like eventually it gets kind of I like I get kind of tired of the same you know what I mean. I've heard arguments in your game is better than novelist in his comic way. I can see that. He wrote a Coraline that movie that's dark as shit, but it's a kids movie. He wrote that. I'm bored. The kids at my job were mad that I didn't let them watch. My kids let me see. I said, "What the hell is this? What are y'all watching?" They were like, "No, no, this is a kids movie." I'm all into the screen. This is a good ass movie, but it's ain't for y'all. I was like, "No." They were like, "No, no, this is." I watch this all the time. I was like, "Yeah, I've seen this too." And yeah, we're definitely not watching this here at work. You did American? Did you watch American Gods? I was. This was all. I'm gonna get there. I'm gonna hold on. Gearing it hold on. That way. Right. I'm, I was. I was steering that direction. Man, I, uh, man, this is a bad conversation for me. <laughs> oh man. Uh, but I, I tell you what, I did like. I, I want to say it was the third trade paperback where uh, Dream goes to hell, and Lucifer and Lucifer like leaves hell. That that trade was pretty dope. That was badass. I really enjoyed that. That was probably my favorite one out of all the uh, Sandman shit that I that I looked into. What did uh, did you guys did either of you guys get into Sandman at all? He did. I, I haven't did. read Sandman. Didn't fuck with. I I went through this period where I was like anti-establishment comic books. I was reading anything that wasn't fucking Marvel DC. Because I'm sorry, but in like mid to late nineties, they got real corny. And also, you're honest, and let's be honest here. When when all those artists left to go start Image, they Marvel DC stories just fell all the fuck off. Yeah, um, I mean, no well, argument there for me. Continue, continue, <laughs> you know what? Another graphic novel I recommend is Cerebus Anything. I love Dave Sims and Cerebus. I love it. Nice. I'll have to check that out. He I was. In, uh, spawn the first time. And he got sued too. Because <laughs> everybody sued Tom McFarlane. I was about to say, who didn't sue Tom McFarlane? Everybody. <laughs> that's still working in it. But yeah, Cerebus. Because Cerebus, Dave Sims basically, he was about an oddball, a wise talking oddball. But Dave Sims, because it was an independent comic book that blew up. But he basically just used Cerebus. For whatever the fuck he wanted, like he would have political commentary. Like he sent Cerebus back in time, like medieval times, and Cerebus was back and talking shit about. Look how y'all treat women. In. <laughs> nice. I'm not from here, and he used it for anything that he was thinking. Nice. But it was, very, it, was, it was it had an ending because it was independent. But Cerebus is considered one of the most like quintessential independent comics of all time. No color, even black and white. Right. Yeah, I've I've seen it, and I was over. I was at Tribe Comics last week. It's funny. I was actually I went Where to a Tribe. Co- you go there? Yeah, it's on South Lamar. Oh. I had uh I had gone there. I had gone to a couple of places. I had gone to Austin Books or Comics too, uh, just to like see if I could talk to any. Because I had emailed there's like through their website. I was like, hey, uh, you know, I got this podcast. Um, I'd like if anybody on the staff wants to come out and talk comics, that'd be awesome. Here's what I've done. You know, I sent them a link to my shit and, and everything. No, he just what are you talking about? No, he said tribe. He just said, I, well, I, I did both. I did oh. both. <laughs> so then I was like, fuck it. You know, I, I was like running some kind of errand. Um, actually, I did a podcast with the uh, guy that runs the uh, Classic Game Fest in Austin, like retro gaming and shit. We did. Didn't we, we did We've a, been to Classic Game Fest. We, we did a booth there, right? Yeah. They're, uh, so their corporate office is like farther up north. So I was coming back down and I was like, ah, oh, fuck it. I'll stop into Austin Books and Comics. It's kind of somewhat on the way and I'll see, you know, I'll see if maybe somebody's around. <laughs> so I walk in there and there's just, dude behind the counter kind of like younger kid and he's i was like telling give him my spiel or whatever he's like oh well you know i i don't know what everybody's personal predilections are but yeah go ahead and talk to like i was kind of like what yeah, people work there kind of on the hill going, i was kind of like uh, all right 
yeah i was so it was like what it was so weird it was such a weird interaction i was kind of like so i just kind of like i kind of browsed around awkwardly a little bit kind of looking at stuff and then i kind of just left <laughs> yeah, first i was going to go right to the wall like all the like six best best comic books and i'll go there and just like talk to you like one day you can reach him by this whole fucking wall <laughs> yeah brandon's the guy you want to talk to the agency he's a real good guy nice we interviewed him right yeah. how do you forget that okay funny story <laughs> i used to have a laptop so that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm surprised you forget the story. So we, he told us to come interview because ABC owns that entire little strip mall. Yeah, they own right. Everything in I think they that own everything thing. except for the coffee shop. I think they finally got that. Or the, they own the coffee shop? The co- is it a kava bar too or something? Yeah, like, I think they you ever fuck with it. that kava? I don't know. No. I know they own everything else. But <laughs> if not that, they own everything else but, which I have to imagine whoever owns that place is like, holy shit, y'all are clearly just moseying in on it. But anyway, Brandon, he's like the general manager of the place. He told us, meet us at the like the game, the game, the, the gaming game. and toy store. Yeah, we're going to interview him. I first was setting up the laptop and the mics, and I went to the store to so get drinks because we had liquor, and I was going to, we were going to mix it and whatever. So I come back, I make, I make the drinks in the car. I come back, we sit down, we get ready to do the show, and my clumsy, tipsy ass knocks over my drink all over my laptop. Oh shit! And I was like, shit! You're and, fired. Yeah, <laughs> the laptop went out. You're fucking fired. <laughs> I think we had to come back the next week to conduct the interview on I think, I my laptop. Yeah, yeah, we had to do it. Oh, laptop. damn. Yeah, it was pretty, it was fucked up. Oh, it was man. funny because like, there was a whole bunch of people in there like playing like games. And because I'm not trying to be, and I'm not trying to be like funny or disrespectful, but I, they, they, they would be what you consider nerds. And they, when they saw the drink hit it, they were all next, oh, get your, turn your back upside down. It's going under the keyboard. It's going to hit the hard drive. I'm like, I don't know what's going on right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, they just I'm, rushed in. I was like, I'm, they, they, like, they knew exactly what was going to happen. They're doing CPR and shit. Like, <laughs> Like your hard drive's on the Count to three. Like, what okay. the fuck? Is he breathing? Yeah. They were, Check I his think, vitals. They went over like, this year, Mac, the hard drive is like right, right, right underneath the keyboard. So if you don't turn it upside down, it's all going to leak inside. It. Your computer's just going to crash. I'm like, Ooh, good to I'm know. Like, I, Give I, it I, mouth no to mouth. Idea. Put your mouth on the on the USB port and blow. Like I'm thinking to myself, the hard drive's under the keyboard? Like, so you know what? It doesn't make, it makes sense because it's not going to be in the, in the display. Right. But yeah, it was weird. But it was good. He put our posters in there, I think. I think it's still, still in there. I think it's still. Oh, nice. I have to the, keep my eyes out next time I roll yeah, in there. You have to first walk. It's like when you, it's first, like when you first walk through the door. It's like on the left hand side. Nice. Um, but yeah, that agency is the staple. Like, if, funny thing with them, he told us that they have direct connections to Marvel DC. They get like exclusive covers from them, the comic books, which will end up being worth a pretty a nice little penny. Um, but ABC, his they, I, I, we love ABC. Going there for a while. Yeah, those are the peeps. <laughs> we like all comic book stores are dope except for Dragon's Lair. But um, why not Dragon's Lair? Because they were supposed to interview us and do a show, but they never wanted to do it. <laughs> no, that's Rogue's Gallery. Rogue's Gallery. Yeah, I'm sorry, Dragon's Lair. We we did a whole documentary with y'all. Today. Yeah, and they. I think our poster is still currently hanging in Dragon's now, Lair. I've no, That's one I haven't been into. Dragon's Lair is more Dragon's Lair is more for like the gamers. Okay. Um, yeah. they don't have backstock either. But we, we, we dig it. We, we, we dig. We'll they got cover there. price variants. <laughs> we dig. Like we, one time, I went there and I found like a um, uh, first appearance of Black Cat, Spider Man. I bought it, it was like twenty bucks. End up going. We, we we ended up doing a convention yeah. in Stevensville, and I got super drunk, and they were having an auction. There's <laughs> a running theme auction, here because of how auctions work. I'm thinking we have to okay, have an intervention. I'm gonna I'm gonna de- I'm gonna um, give don't, them donate, donate my comic books and get a proceeds to the proceeds, but then realize like oh holy shit they give this away and not give me any money. <laughs> <laughs> nope, sorry, I, I, uh, I can't. I, it's funny I made a mistake. I, I, I donated them a Spawn comic book, and then I, because I was drunk, I actually won it back by paying for it. I'm like, wait a minute, I already, I already had this for free. <laughs> so drunk, I was like, I was like twenty dollars. I'm like, wait, what? 
<laughs> this is my comic book. Bidding on your own shit. Oh, that's it's funny because when I realized what was going on, I told Fresh, like, Fresh, that gives you money. Fresh, like, zoomed from my booth. like, get my shit back. Yeah. <laughs> get my fucking book back. back. I'm not getting money off this note. I got stuff back. Give me my stuff back. This is after I'd already gotten rid of, like, three or four comic books that I, I never would get back. I'm like, damn it. You should have said something. <laughs> Fresh, like, nope, give my shit back. Nope, not doing But yeah, if, it, if you ever get a chance, you should do, like, um, do like do like events like conventions like set up a booth and do your live podcast. That's what we used to do. Nice because it, it brings a lot of fans and uh, people like to be on the microphone. We did one yeah. in Waco. We, okay, that's preface this. We're always drunk at conventions. <laughs> you can't do it. You can't, I'm do, sorry, it you can't do a convention. You can't do, do it sober because no. people ask you the stupidest fucking questions. They come to you. Like, what are you doing over here? You, you can have a sign that says, "I want to talk about comic books," and they will literally ask you every other. So time. what are you guys doing? What are you talking about? It's about comic books. Small talk, man. So what do you? So what Terrible. is it that you guys do? It says those it says damn comic book guys. guys. But I mean, we let people get that. You got people come on. We're ventriloquists, basically. <laughs> <laughs> comic books, right? We want to talk about politics. How do you feel about a, Trump? Like, we're at a comic book convention, <laughs> or there'll be people. We'll have books set out on the table that we're selling. So you guys selling these, there are price tags right underneath there, my good man. So we have to be inebriated in order <laughs> to get no through way. an There's entire no day way. of a convention. Just, I don't, shout out to anybody who does it sober. I don't know how you do it. I, and keep in mind, we're like low, 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 low level celebrity. So, but I can imagine somebody like a, like a Neil Gaiman who goes out and people ask him stupid ass questions. Did you have anything to lose for the show? Like, do you write for it? He's like, no, I don't. Bitch, what the? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just here. I don't even want to be here. <laughs> don't you have a phone with Google? I mean, fuck. Is that based on, on me? I think it is. Yeah. I don't even know who you are. Like, <laughs> I was watching a documentary with uh, Carrie Fisher before she passed, and the stupid people, like, you still have your outfit from, from Return of Jedi? She's like, if I did, what, what would I do with it? I can't wear it. Right. In my 60s. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> the fuck? Oh my God! Going out grocery shopping. Dude, somebody asked her like, "Do you have anything to do next Star Wars?" She's like, "I just go where they where they call me." I don't know what the fuck? <laughs> what do you want me to do here? Right? Yeah. Do the pictures. Pictures are fun. We made some pretty decent money. We made some pretty pennies, and uh, nice. we've grown the fan base. Nice. That really that way. Cool. Got hit, got hit on by creepy old men. You got hit on by creepy old men. Oh man. <laughs> You know what? I'm good on that, brother. I was trying to ask how much this comic book was. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Right. Well, let's jump into you because we talked. We've we, we've tap danced on on Neil Gaiman, and we've talked a little bit about American Gods. What what did you guys think about this show? Because I, I watched the first episode, and at the ending, and I think you'll know what moment you might know what moment I'm talking about. <laughs> I won't. I've only seen the first episode. The way that the first episode ends, I, I was kind of like, oh, oh well, just to recap, we were uh, delving into okay. American Gods. Like I said, I, I watched that first episode because I was kind of curious. I was like, you know, I've, I've heard so much great stuff about this book or about the book. I'll check. And uh, I had a friend who's loves Neil Gaiman. So I was keeping my eyes out for it and I watched it. So at, uh, there's a part where the guy gets sucked up into oh, the ladies. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And I was kind of like, what? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I'm into some weird shit, but damn, this was throwing, it threw me for a loop, man. That's the way to go. Get eaten up by a vagina. And I was oh. like, I, d- I don't know if I want to keep on pursuing this show. Like, I don't know if <laughs> this might be too corny the, for me. Um, I told myself I was going to go back and revisit and watch it. So I have to do that. I only watched the first episode, so yeah. Yeah, I've I, I watched maybe the first three, and I couldn't, I couldn't, couldn't get I, into I, it. I might have to go back because, to be fair, I was like it was Game of Thrones the first time. It took me maybe two or three times watching the first episode to finally get into it and then become obsessed with it. 
Yeah. Um, but I, I couldn't. It's just, I'm going to try to watch. Once we, I'm, I'm, anything that's comic book related, I always try to watch. No matter what it is, I always try to watch it. It's like I always try to tell people, like, you know, History of Violence is a great movie. That's a comic book. Road to Perdition is a good comic book. That was a comic book. Um, but, uh, yeah, I couldn't get it. Like, I, I tried to watch um, Outcast and couldn't get into it. I've yet to watch that one. That was Outcast. Robert Kirkman, right? Robert Kirkman. It's a, it's I don't even know what Outcast is. Yeah, it's on cinema. It's a, it's about a, it's, it's an exorcist. It's about a guy who can, like, see demons. It's like, it's like Constantine. Okay. Better, better preference. Like gotcha. Um, he, he, it's Robert Kirkman who does Walking Dead. It's okay. It's, um, if you see, I will say, if you've seen Constantine or any other movie about a guy chasing demons who can see him, it's, it's, you've seen them all. It's really Speaking of, since we were on the topic of Neil Gaiman, uh, I don't know if anybody else knows, are they still doing the Sandman movie? No. No, With it's Joseph Gordon-Levitt? Yeah, that, oh, okay. that fell through, I think. That fell through long to get it going. Oh, okay. Um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is not like an out-of-work actor. He's like, I'm, I have other shit to do. I'm not waiting on y'all to get y'all shit together. Confucius, did you see the episode where Shadow Moon's wife, with Shadow Moon's wife, like he gets locked up and she ends up fucking their friend who is uh, the comedian Dane Cook, man. Dane Cook is in there. It's like, what the? Whatever. I said, I only got like three episodes. It might have been the, it's either, it's either the second or third episode. He's like fucking his grave or something. Some weird shit. Yeah. No, no, no. His wife died. I remember. And then the the friends, his wife. His wife died while she was. Giving a blowjob. Yes. To 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 Dane Dane Cook. Cook. (laughs) <laughs> and, then, uh, and Dane Cook's wife tried to blow um, what's his name at the at the gravesite. Like, oh right, grave. yes, yes. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck is? Yeah. I am going to definitely have to revisit this show. <laughs> the most interesting part to me was when uh, with the God of TV, with Lucy. I love Lucy. She started talking to him in the, in the video store. He was walking through there. Oh man, I have to go back. To I love Lucy. I need Lucy Ball. And Lucy Ball. I'm trying to think. I I watched the first episode when the show came out, and then. I, I didn't fuck with it. I was like, yeah, this is too out there. But then my brother's been on me. He's like, dude, you got to check out the show. And I'm like, yeah, all right. I, I'll give it a shot. So I watched the second and third episode. Um, but just like over the course of like, it may, there might have been like a month or two in <laughs> between the viewings. But the last one that I watched was this episode with, with Shadow Moon's wife. She's like, let's do it right here on, the, on his grave. I'm like, yo, wait a minute. Give me a blowjob. <laughs> I was like, yeah. it's like, whoa, this shit's intense. But I, I couldn't. I, I, I need. To, I need. To, I might need to play. I love Neil Gaiman. I like. I don't. Like, first watching Lucifer. I, I don't. I don't really like Lucifer. Um, it like it's it was, not. It was, the, it, was, it was not as dark as I thought it was going to be. It was really more. Well, the show. Well, the show's on Fox. I mean, yeah, it probably can't get too dark, right? The show is entertaining, in my opinion. But if you're expecting it to be what the book is, then yeah, it's not. It's not. Neil Gaiman is extremely fucking. Dark. It's not that. It's no. It's nowhere near that. So, like, when I was telling, when it first started airing, and I was watching it, and I was telling him about it, he was like, yeah, this sounds nothing like the book. He was like, is Sandman in it? And I was like, no, he was like, well, Sandman's the person who takes over Hill after Lucifer decides to leave. And I was like, yeah, he's nowhere in this. They haven't said who's taking who's. As far as I know in this Lucifer series, nobody is taking it. Nobody is overlooking Hell while Lucifer is gone. Lucifer is just Hell. It seemed like a kid with daddy issues. Yeah, that's really what, that's really all it is, is just a kid who... What here? Didn't like how he was treated by his father, who just happens to be God. Here's funny Neil Gaiman story. Sure, you, you made yeah. Neil Gaiman. No, never had. No, stay about why he sued Tommy Farland. So anyway, <laughs> when Tommy Farland left Marvel and started Image, he brought almost every major artist and writer with him. Right, he didn't take Neil Gaiman because Neil Gaiman was freelance. Well, you're already freelance. Neil Gaiman didn't have as big an issue with Marvel as everybody else. He was like whatever. So in the first ten issues of Marvel, there was a different writer. 
for each issue. I think Tommy McFarlane did maybe the first three, and after that it was like Dave Sims, Neil Gaiman, Alan Moore, Jim Lee. Different people came in. So Neil Gaiman wrote issue eight and nine, which introduced Angela. If anybody knows Angela, right, she right, right. The, and she's an angel and she hunts Hellspawn. She's now Thor's sister. Can I face the fucking story? <laughs> but uh, I'm getting to that. But uh, <laughs> so fucking spoiler alert, man. Basically, damn. Jump right you to the ending. <laughs> so he did that and. Apparently, Angela was very popular, and Tom and Fallen continued to make money off of Angela. Had a pop up throughout the Spawn duration, um, and Neil Gaiman was like, "Wait a minute, goddammit! I just made her as a favor to you, and you're making you're making toys and shirts off of her. You're not giving me any money." So he sued him. Run me my money. He sued him in like in '95. This was and Spawn came out in '92. So they went back and forth for years, years, and so finally, maybe like 2000, I want to say 11, Neil Gaiman finally won. <laughs> they can no longer use Angela. It was funny because Tommy McFarlane being petty killed Angela in issue 100 spawn, which was like in 2004. Trying to, to try to get away to saying, look, I'm done, whatever. You, you got this. I don't need Gil anymore. But he, he killed Angela. But Neil Gaiman was like, bullshit, you still made all this money. And I, I don't want I don't want y'all to even bring her back. So he ends up winning. And the first thing Neil Gaiman does as soon as he wins the rights to Angela and Cagliostro, which was Spawn's mentor, he took Angela over to Marvel and made and the Marvel made Angela throw a sister. <laughs> and they probably only used her for maybe a year and they seen, nobody's seen her since. She's been on... Guardians of the Galaxy. No, she was the Guardians of the Galaxy. She was one of the Guardians. She wasn't. And, uh, she's been on the Avengers Assemblies uh, cartoon. Apparently, and the way they did it was kind of player. She was Thor's sister who died and when, she, when, when Thor's mother was still pregnant with her. But her spirit lived on and she became an angel in a whole other universe and then came back to the Marvel Universe. So they were basically trying to say that when she was with Spawn, she was a whole other person and then came back. Oh, okay. The same thing. But yeah, Neil Gaiman hates Tommy Fallen. <laughs> Long story short. But Tommy Fallen turned into the exact thing that he was running away, away from. from. Yeah. You see what happens. So, Fresh, did you read any of the Lucifer the books themselves? Um, I've read a few while like in the store. But that's it. Yeah, I haven't yeah. really delved into it too much. Really delved into it. All right, right on. Um, you know, I'm trying to think like with um, like with Swamp Thing is funny because Swamp Thing is like turtles to me. It's <laughs> People like I remember the cartoon. I, I remember I had a Swamp Thing too. I think it awesome, like shot. I had the fucking Swamp Thing toy yeah, too, I man. I wish I could find that. I shit. I remember the cartoon. I remember the movie, and I had a Swamp Thing sleeping bag. If you bag. ever read the comic book, what you have, it is dark and violent as shit. <laughs> like it's fucking great, man. That first trade is is the shit. It's one of oh my, my favorites God. of like, all time. If they ever adapted that into a movie, oh. When they brought Swamp Thing, well, when DC was doing, uh, what was the fucking story arc? Convergence. When they were doing Convergence, they attempted to bring Swamp Thing back, and they kind of tried to go back to what he originally was. And then I guess it wasn't selling the way that they wanted to sell. So then they kind of just made him this, you know, peacekeeper of the environment and the green. Which I don't. Like. <laughs> I'm just like, ah. yeah, Swamp Thing, like Swamp Thing is the iterations I've read. He's hero keeper, which I like heroes that do that because once again, if I was a hero. The first time I saw a villain who was like killing innocent people, I'm like, I'm gonna snap him up. I'm not doing, I'm not gonna go back and forth with you for twenty years. Right. I'm just gonna kill you. Whoever wants to stop can try. So yeah, like in this new world. We can't sell com- we can't sell floppies that way, Confucius, goddammit. <laughs> Don't you know this? Fuck that. Like, how are we gonna sell how are we gonna sell toys, man? Come on. I'm Damien I'm Damien Wayne. I'm not here to, to punch and f- I'm here to kill you. So yeah, man, yeah, man. What yeah. you got going on? But, but I think that's basically what they that was the ultimate decision was following with like like you just said. How are we going to sell this fucking merchandise? Like, yeah, we right. can't sell this if he's this dark, broody embodiment of what he was when he first came out. We have to find some way to 
merchandise him and make him popular and make people like Swamp Thing. So they made him this benevolent god of the environment. And I was just like, eh, pass, I'm good. I'm not like a man thing who can fucking stare at you and (laughs) melt you to death. Um, uh, Yeah, so... What about an- what about Animal Man? Y'all ever fuck with any Animal Man? Because that's uh, Grant Morrison's run on Animal Man is supposed to be phenomenal as well. Okay, who's racist? Oh, Frank Miller. That's Frank Miller. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was getting confused. <laughs> Frank Miller had the whole comic book about Muslims. I'm like, okay, you do way too much Frank. <laughs> you do way too much Frank. His old senile ass. Um, no, I've, I've, I've read Animal Man. Um, I haven't. No, what about like Doom Patrol or uh, the Filth? I'm trying to think. I know of Doom Patrol. I haven't delved into Doom Patrol, but I know of it. I really enjoyed the first. I've got part of the first uh, one of the first trades over there on my shelf. Bitch Planet, Bitch Planet. There you go. Amazing. Image. About a planet run by women, but like gladiators. Oh, it's fucking amazing. Nice. All right. All right. Okay, we should keep that favorite. Sex, free sex criminals. Sex criminals was entertaining. What did you guys have? You guys fucked with East versus West, or is that right? Yes, you're right. East versus West. I think I had it, but I never read it. I think you did. I had that. Oh, Southern Bastards is fucking great. Never go one after. Okay, I'm so banking on that becoming the show because <laughs> it ain't becoming the show. Then like, didn't they sell the rights? Look, okay, I don't know what's going on with movie studios, but they are like. Okay, here's my prediction. I'm going to it. <laughs> Uh-oh. My prediction is that when the when DC and Marvel wave finally dies down, movie studios are going to start latching on to independent titles because one people oh don't no know doubt most of it's them. already happening exactly. Yeah. They don't know I mean, most preacher of them and, they're, and they're cheap. Like you, you imagine how much it costs for a studio to go, go to a DC and say, "Hey, we want to do Shazam." It's probably like hundreds of millions of dollars. Right. But if you can go to somebody and say, "Hey, we want to do uh, sex criminals," we probably give you what two or three million because nobody yeah. knows what the fuck this is. Because I don't think I don't think Sony bought. Valiant, the rights to like Ninjak and Bloodshot and all that, and X Man of War. I don't think they bought them for like this obscene amount of money, like a like um, like they would have with a Marvel or a DC. I think it was somewhere. I I can't. I, I I have to look up the exact number, but I don't think it was like this huge obscene amount of money that they got the rights for those Valiant titles for. So, but like yeah, I mean, that's something we've talked about on those damn comic book guys. That um that is where. The movie and television is headed like you named Preacher, and we said Lucifer and Walking well, Preacher, Dead. Well, I can't. You know what? I can't cut you off. Preacher is not as easy because Preacher is owned by DC. Preacher is, is a bigger money exchange. Well, that and that and Lucifer. But so, so DC had to. And but, I and I. But image, but image is creative, creative, creative control and owned. So Robert Kirkman gets the majority of the money from Walking Dead. Yeah, and Outcast. I think um, Why the Last Man is going to be done by Stars, maybe. Have you guys read why why at all? I've heard a bit. Of, I've heard about it being hell for a while. I don't know. I've heard any updates. It might be. Yeah. Maybe I mean, this has been a, it's been a while back, but I heard I don't, haven't heard much since. But I know that was a uh, being tossed around. Whatever, I think whatever studio um, can latch on and figure out the, if if I was the head of a studio right now, what I would do is I would literally go to Image and Comic Sale and see what are their top selling um, titles and buy those rights to it. Because like from Bitch Planet. To Saga, well, Saga, I don't think we're ever going to It's just too much going on Saga. Um, Saga is like, it's almost like Watchmen. I didn't think Watchmen could ever be a movie, but they, they tried it. They had extra dicks to it, but they tried it. <laughs> I, mean, Blue outside, dong. I mean, outside of that, it was to me, it wasn't a bad movie. Outside of the blue dick, you were you yeah. were down with it? Yeah, it was <laughs> I don't like Zack Snyder. That's slow motion shit because of my damn nerves. Okay, I, I Man, I fucking Dr. Manhattan is just my shit, man. 
that's so a, I just that's love that. He's a great character. He's a great character. That. They try to lead up to him in the Superman fight, and I'm like, why? Right. Why did for what? Doctor Manhattan is what Superman should have been 30, 40 years ago. Because people are going to want to see it. People that's are just going to want to see it. Go at it. It's that Doctor Manhattan can dissolve you by just looking at you. <laughs> right. He created a whole book. You know, whatever. Once you get Alan Moore in the cage, and we're yelling through his <laughs> He's in fucking. It's not what this is supposed to be. Alan Moore is literally Gandalf on that bridge in the first Lord of the Rings. You shall not pay <laughs> with my rights. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, I don't know, but that's what I would do. I would option all those. But I don't know why the Last Man has been developing hell for a while. They've been trying to get that going for a while. Did you? Did you guys get into the series at all? The books? I read a little bit of it. A little bit. Good. He's more of the independent. Yeah, right on. Two, of the two, gotcha. I try to write a That's kind of more my like. I mean, I tend to like the a lot of the shit that Vertigo carries or, or is under that imprint. But you know, it's like I'm going back and reading a lot of shit from like the early yeah, 90s. Like, yeah, like I I definitely recommend Doom Patrol. Like I said, it's like the surrealist X Men mix. Kind of, it's got a little bit of a mixture of Watchmen too. It's you know, got some weird shit, but I, it was one of the Grant Morrison series that i really connected with a lot more than like because I, I also read the filth and the invisibles the invisibles was pretty i could kind of vibe with invisibles a little bit i maybe need to go back and and dig through it i um for me too is like vertigo i've, I've like said early vertigo was amazing but all the reason why i've never fully latched onto what a champion did as much as i do image is because like i said dc at some point in time figured out holy shit vertigo is selling and I don't like, like, Watchmen to me just needs to be left the fuck alone. Just right. leave Watchmen the fuck alone. You Stop trying to find ways to, like, I'm sorry, I saw it over there. And no offense. I hated before Watchmen. I didn't, I didn't, that didn't need to be fucking written. I, no, trust me, I read that fucking book just because I just wanted to get the Dr. Manhattan one. And that's it was old. Ter- it was <laughs> fucking. What, nobody else bought shit else. <laughs> it was, Night Owl. It, what the fuck? it was terrible, man. I said, what you, like, once again, what are you doing? Like, it was Watchmen terrible. Was great. Right? I don't need to hear about uh, Ebenezer Scrooge before Christmas Carol. I, 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 I can have the Christmas Carol. Leave the shit alone. It's right. as it um, is. But yeah, I think Vertigo really, I think recently they have, what's the one that I read recently? Uh, Hayward, like Hayward Creek or something, or Hay, something like that. Hmm. And it was supposed to be like horror, but it was it was really good. It was supposed to be like a town that was kind of possessed and... It was, I read like maybe two issues like in the store and I didn't buy them because like I said, buying comic, multiple comic books, it racks up. Uh, right. Ready to pay that well. <laughs> <laughs> but um, they were just, they were good, but I think they are trying to get back to what they once were doing before DC kind of came in and just swooped in like, if you just say, well, y'all, whoa, y'all selling and we want y'all, let's go. So yeah, uh, I Zombie wasn't bad. The show isn't bad. Wasn't bad. I owned... Oh, I own the first issue. Somehow it miraculously grew legs and walked off from me. <laughs> I believe somebody stole it from me, but I had I did have the first issue of iZombie graded at like a nine point six. Nice. It was my pride and joy at one point, but now it's going away. Um, did you guys ever? What about like Ex Machina? You oh, fuck with that uh, at all? That was basically they made a movie out there, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I heard the movie wasn't good, but no, so I, I think never read Vaughn Brian K. Vaughn wrote that too. I, I never read the book. I, I never Vaughn, read the he wrote book, he writes Saga. Is that yeah. right? Okay. Be it's funny because uh, uh, Brian K. Vaughn, he, see, Image likes to create this whole thing. Like, you know, if you have a great idea, we'll take it. No, they don't. They'll take anybody who's already been in Marvel DC. <laughs> right. But um, yeah, he yeah, 
It's funny because he said he makes way more money outside of it. He does anything he does. Not that he does. Because he own, him and Fiona own the rights to it. He wrote something else that was good by that. Well, well, he wrote why as well. But it was something else. But um, I've been thinking about digging into Ex Machina, just out of curiosity. Um, I heard that the. I no, heard, no, don't wait. No, he, he wrote the show. Uh, I heard that Runaways. That's what he did. That's about to be a show. Okay. Runaways. Paper girls. I think that rings a bell. Then you buy paper girls though. I think the that's what I was she, thinking of. Because he he did another paper, paper girls was about like this about the girls who end up having superpowers. Okay. But it wasn't really good. Okay. But, yeah, uh, I've seen it and it kind of looked kind of look kind of interesting. But. I just bought it because I'm like, okay, this is the next side. I'm trying to get on in on. <laughs> I'm right. trying to wait till the, the comic book is fifty, sixty bucks to get it. But yeah, he did Runaways, which is about to be a show. That's what was the uh, other one from uh, Image that I wanted to start reading that you bought? Um, like the, it had like Native Americans or some shit like that. Um, like once again, Image has a, literally a first issue every week. I know you. I know it's, uh, <laughs> if we draw the Dragon's Lair right now, I can show. It's gonna be a whole. I'm sure. Image I'm sure. Points. I'm sure. Uh, uh, I can't. It, it'll come to me like later on. Watch Native Americans. What, what was that one with the uh, Odyssey? No, not Odyssey. Not Odyssey. What, 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 what about the ones with the animals on there? That was uh, drawn by uh, Tooth and Claw or something like that. That was drawn by what's his name? Alex Ross. Alex Ross. Yeah, yeah. Tooth and Claw. I didn't. Uh, yeah. Nah, that wouldn't be it. Um, <laughs> Southern Bastards. You gotta read Southern Bastards. I think we, my roommates got it. I think the first volume. About the high school teams that are selling dope on the side and the coaches are selling drugs. And Wait, like, what? Yeah, <laughs> it's insane. Maybe, it's insane. maybe I'm confused. <laughs> yes, it's about this, this this team in the South that like the football. Like, it's like, imagine um, Friday Night Lights, but the, instead of the coaches being super competitive with football, they're selling drugs. Interesting. It's, it's insane. I'm like, yo, this is insane. <laughs> I definitely can Seven see that days. being a This is show. insane. <laughs> the comic book was it. I have it graded. Was it responding graded too? Bing. Splash pages for days, huh? Money, <laughs> goddamn <laughs> money. I had the uh, first appearance. No, not that first appearance. First issue of Batman of the New Fifty Two, and we were at a convention, the Classic Game Fest. And I sold it for a hundred dollars. Dude saw it. He was like, mm, "That's about right. How much is it again?" Yeah, he was like, <laughs> asked, "Like, how much are you selling it for?" And I was like, "I don't know. How, mu- how much you want?" He was like, mm. "Like, I do a hundred. He was like, mm, "Yeah, that sounds about right." He said, and he ended up buying. It. And I was like, "This mother." Yeah, when he bought out, it's funny because you ever had something happen to your life that you're not expecting, so you're kind of trying to like maintain your composure. Oh yeah. So when he did, I was like, "Yes, it is a hundred dollars." Yes, sir. You like to? Buy- so as he walked, I'm like, "Oh shit!" I'm gonna go buy pizza. I love that. I need, I need it all day. <laughs> Pizza was like eight bucks a slice. <laughs> I think I bought that in like once again I was drunk. I bought like Metal Gear Solid and I think Super Mario Super Mario Brothers All Stars on Super Nintendo. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck. I was walking through the convention and people were like, hey, you want to buy a video game? I'm like, why? Yeah. Why would course. I not want to? I do. <laughs> what do you got? I was like, oh shit! I remember these games didn't have none of the system. Just, just <laughs> I just bought the cards. I still to this day have those games. They haven't bought the damn. That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> oh oh shit! But uh, okay, let me see if that's the question I can think of. Speaking of video games, what is your favorite comic book video game? I'll start off first. Spider-Man on Super Nintendo. It's based off the animated show. You get to fight every fucking villain every damn level. Man, I'm trying to... I can't even... I was going to say Maximum Carnage, but I hate that fucking game. I was going to... I hate Maximum Carnage. That game was hard as shit. Maybe like Marvel versus... Wasn't it like Marvel versus the some... Like Capcom or something like that? That was kind of cool. That... Is but man, I out? haven't fucked with games like that. I'm kind of a 
I'm in the in a retro gaming. I haven't had a, the last system I had. I had an Xbox 360 That's years ago. You. I had a Super Nintendo years, <laughs> years ago. Well, I'm just saying like the last like oh, okay. new new system, the and last, I haven't fucked with that in years. The last one I had was a PS2. Yeah, that was it. that was the last system I had, I had, and I really really played. It was a PS2. And by yeah, after that, I was video game. Yeah, the last thing that I seriously played was probably like PS1 era. Like yeah. that's when I was really still You're playing on a on a daily on a daily basis. But so you be Marvel That I mean, like I said, I don't really. You know, that's been. I said I literally said a game that came out like ninety five. Yeah, I mean that. Like I haven't really. I'm not the best person to ask that question to be honest. That's not my wheelhouse too much. I don't game all that much anymore. I am trying to. I'm probably gonna try to cop either. Either I'm gonna do a one of the SNES classics that have just just come out, or do like a lot of people are building these retro pie emulator systems. But you can buy like a retro pie, which is like just a little bitty computer, and you can buy a little case for it. They've got HDMI output, Bluetooth, you kind of Bluetooth controllers, and then you can get as many games as you want on that system. And and plus, like it, the great thing is it's HDMI, so you can put it up on your real TV. Because I have a Super Nintendo, but it's like you need a either an old school CRT style television to play it. Or you got to spend like five hundred bucks or more on these crazy adapters, and then you're like, <laughs> it gets too, it's it's too much. I don't have time to fuck with all that. So, I'm not going to say maximum carnage. I like the maximum carnage game. I had it on Sega, I had it on Sega Genesis, and I liked it. Um, but that's not what I'm going to say. Uh, I'm going to say Spider Man on PlayStation. The First one. Oh, that was a good one. That was my game. That was my, especially after I got the cheat codes. <laughs> I got all the suits and I got all the levels and I was like, yes, I did. that was my game. That was the, actually one of the few games that I actually sat down and like really played and really tried to play it and beat it. So like, yeah, I'd have to say that. And that was one of the best Spider-Man games that came out. That's when Marvel kind of oh, knew what they were doing. <laughs> What's up? As y'all can hear, Confucius back there cursing out the host. Oh yeah, I'm uh, I'm pretty proud of that picture. <laughs> well, what you got to do is uh, so during South by Southwest every year, it, it. it's that first, it's that I first, it. that first it. weekend, man. They always have a Game of Thrones exhibit. I've gone every, I've got like four pictures on on the Iron Throne. Yeah, I see, I, see, I can see from here <laughs> the freezer doors right. being open. <laughs> <laughs> Might have to just go ahead and hit that first week and just take a picture on the iPhone. I've been trying to take people on the line for three years. I don't want to sit in line that long. It's not like if you the wrong people, then so. Yeah, man. Luckily, I'm always off on Monday, so I can just stroll out. You know, I'll go there in the morning and get it done. And, sounds about right. And leave. Sounds, sounds like it might work. But uh, kind of one thing I want to talk about, this is kind of, I guess, somewhat not specifically comic book related, although there's a little bit of a tie-in, is uh, we've got Blade Runner 2049 coming out. And I think they've actually done... So, I don't know if you guys know this, but Blade Runner was based on a book by Philip K. Dick, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? And I think they've actually adapted the book into a graphic novel series as well. Okay, okay, okay. I was was over at uh, Half Price Books last week, 
taking a peek. I was look. I was looking into it. I'm I'm thinking about maybe jumping in and seeing what that's like because I never actually have read the book, and I'm totally obsessed with the original film. Um, in many regards, I, I haven't seen the first one. I want to. Next, I, I think currently the Blade Runner the sequel is sitting at like a 97 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So right here makes me know. Ooh, you know, this might be pretty damn good. Um, Twitter feedback has been positive at least from like the outlets that i follow like the kind of like the the film-based people that are uh i'm a harrison ford fan so series that i follow um i have like i said before before well we got came back from our break uh i saw it as a kid and i saw it because my brother thought it was cool so i watched it but i haven't seen it since and i couldn't tell you how old i was when i first watched it so i want to go back and revisit it and go and see Blade Runner 2049 because it just looks interesting. Well, Harrison Ford also said at uh, Comic Con that he, and he's, he's, he's out to recreate all his old movies from the 80s. Somebody asked me, said, Are you out to recreate all your old movies? <laughs> he said, You damn right I am. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not mad. As long as they're good, I'm not mad at it, man. So I was like, Hey, go Harrison. I'm going to throw, throw out some, a couple of ideas or things just to see what you guys might be interested in. But uh, since both of you guys need to screen that, that movie, I would totally. I have it on Blu-ray, of course. Uh, would be down to do a, a screening. We could we could watch it and then maybe do a, a post post screening podcast, perhaps. Today? Just, no, not no, 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 not not necessarily today. <laughs> Looking like they're gonna make me make it that long, <laughs> right? No, no, no. That uh, here's the four got hair. I'm gonna be yelling the whole time. <laughs> Where's right? Ryan Gosling? He's not in this one. <laughs> um, but I mean, you know, within the next couple of weeks or something like that. Oh, yeah, because I also had a previous guest mention doing uh, just going to see a movie together and doing a a, a post movie podcast. So I'm thinking of either either do we could do that and then do or and or go watch uh, the new Blade Runner 2049 when it comes out and do a, a post a post. It'll be out on the sixth, I think. So this coming Friday, this coming Thursday, will be the earliest you can see it. I probably won't be running out and doing that, but. Uh, which I guess is kind of a good good segue because what we have coming up Door this weekend. Um, but make you know, making the third person on those damn comic guys. We haven't done a review episode. We, that's, that is usually what we do with movies, right? Um, we usually go see them on Thursday night, and then well, um, you know, either yeah, way, we could do or we could do vice for whatever. Just start, just throwing it out there. I want. I didn't. I just need to see the first one. I haven't seen the first one. Yeah, I want to revisit. I don't that. want to do like I did with Total Recall and see the one with Kyle <laughs> and see the oh one with Schwarzenegger. Like, wait, what? Wait, you saw that backwards? Yeah, I didn't see the original. Oh wow! I'm not a huge Schwarzenegger fan. I mean, I saw I Total Recall. I like, had seen Total Recall, so when they said that they were remaking it, and then it was Call of Throw, I was like, "Yeah, you know what? I'm going to pass. I just prefer the original." And I'm not a huge fan of Schwarzenegger acting, but I'm just like, "Yeah, I'm definitely not a fan of Call of Throw." Yeah. <laughs> fair, fair enough. But uh, let's see. So. Next weekend is the first weekend of ACL, so maybe this is actually a good a good. Oh, that's right. We got to go to ACL. Yeah, we, we will be there for station. the radio station. A good segue into because you guys, you guys' show on KUTX is basically you guys are trying to get Austin hip hop on Wrong. rolling. We do country music. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, country music has some pretty interesting stories when you really listen to some of those. Have you seen? There's actually a show. I think Mike Judge is doing a animated series with all these crazy, like country stories. He he's got a pretty pretty funny joke because he's Mike Judge is talking about how he was listening to NWA at the time or whatever, and 
He's like, everybody's bitching about NWA, but Johnny Paycheck was like pulling a gun on some dude and nobody was talking about it. Just because he was say a- he shot a man in Reno just to watch him die. I'm just that's not, <laughs> I'm just saying that's pretty dark, man. It's like, damn. But so uh, I guess that's a that's a good segue because we've got some in in my opinion, I'm pretty I'm pretty excited to go check out some some hip hop that's coming into town. Um I think so Action Bronson, I don't know if y'all pay attention to him or not. I, I like Action. I kinda lost a little uh respect for Action after him and uh, Ghostface had waiting. their had their right. issue. Huge Wu Tang fan over here, that's why. <laughs> uh, and I and I, I'm a huge Ghostface fan. So like after he had that with Ghostface, I was just like, mm, you know what, Action, yeah, you can rap, but I kinda look at you a little different now, bro. I'm right. sorry. Just, that's just me. Ghostface uh, been out a longer. Right. Um so he's he's doing a show at he's doing a show at Empire Control Room next Saturday. But then uh I haven't decided I haven't bought tickets yet. I'm still haven't decided which weekend I wanna go. But I haven't seen gorillas and they're gonna be on I think on a on a Sunday night. Uh, so I think they're due I, I thought they were Saturday, but you could be right. I could be I don't know. I don't know. Look, look, I, I will look would y'all it. mind? I, I would will, you pull I, that up I, for me? Because I, <laughs> I was going to plan, because I think on the same day, it's like Run the Jewels, Danny Brown, and uh, oh, and Gorillaz are all are all the yes. same wow, on the same day. Fun. I'm a, yeah, I'm a huge fan of, of DB, man. I love that guy. That guy's fucking hilarious. Yeah. No, <laughs> and he got I, his teeth fixed. I was sad that he got his teeth fixed, yeah, man. But I've seen Gorillaz live before. I have not. See, I haven't. Plastic beat that album. Oh, I love plastic. That's my sh- that's my shit. It's better than Demon Days. Yeah. No, it's not. <laughs> wait, wait. You didn't say it was. Look, I turned it on Demon Days. Um, Demon because wait, Demon no, Do- Doom's on Demon Days though, right? The Dare, Fusiling, uh, or is that a different album that I'm? Th- which one is Doom on? He's on November. Yeah, November's come. That's the Demon Days. See, the- Doom is my. That's my like. Doom is the number one. You can see I got the Mad I Villain vinyl over there. I saw, <laughs> I saw the Mad Villain. That was the first thing I noticed when we walked in with the Mad Villain. Yeah, you were right. Uh, Gorillas will be on Sunday. They are headlining off with the Killers, uh, Run the Jewels, and Head, the Head Hand, and Heart. And the Heart. Uh, also Sunday, Bad Bad Not Good. Danny Brown. Okay, yeah. Performing, and I want to see Bad Bad Not yeah, Good. Yeah, Bad Bad got. Not, it's pretty dope. So yeah, I, I, wanna, I might have to go Sunday. <laughs> I might have to be there Sunday. So that's Saturday. what I'm thinking is yeah, going on. So yeah, tell tell me what you guys are into as as far as hip hop. Like what's what's heavy in rotation right now for you? Currently, yeah. You go first while I refill my drink. Currently, Migos. I like Migos. Um, Freddie Gibbs. Okay. Um, yes. Kendrick. I love Kendrick. Kendrick is dope. I really like the new out al- the new album. Dang. I haven't really fucked with Kendrick too much. I mean, I like a couple of songs, and I like him on features, but I never really got into him too much before that. But I, I really like this album a lot. Uh, I mean, humble and DNA and lust. Yeah, I think maybe DNA in particular. It's got that breakdown part in there that just ooh, it goes, man. Um, I'm still because once again, I'm 
I'm 30. <laughs> I'm dude. I'm 34. Come on, I'm, so I'm no I, spring. I'm no spring chicken over here. Okay. You know so I still <laughs> reference stuff that I that really impacted me when I was younger. Like I'm a huge JD fan, huge Outkast fan, huge Tupac, huge Biggie, huge uh fucking who else was prevailing back in the 90s? Love Missy. Well, Snoop Dogg, of course. Snoop, Snoop Dre. Dre. Did you, did you watch the Defiant ones? Yes, I did. Of course. Amazing. <laughs> um, what about Bone Thugs, man? You're like forgetting Bone, bone Thugs. thugs. <laughs> we would like to play more Bone Thugs on the air, but apparently that's not clean. That's not clean. Um, I am, yeah, just a lot of 90s stuff. I'm a huge, uh, I, you know, I, LL Cool J. Lou's on the way here. You don't give LL a lot of his props. Go. Um, uh, who else? Who else? Yeah, I mean. I DJ, so for, when people ask me who's my favorite, I'm like, my mind just shuts down. Like, I don't, I like whatever sounds good at the moment. But I'm, if I had to, biggest, oh, UGK. Love UGK. Oh, wait. I was saying I was raised by Pimp C and Malcolm X. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, more Iceland, got a liquor player. Oh, I got some. But, uh, <laughs> um, go, ahead, go ahead and chase it. So, what, what's your opinion? No. <laughs> What's your opinion on, on mumble rap? I don't consider it mumble rap. Okay, I okay. I understand everything that this. <laughs> yeah, that's my thing. I've heard this argument. I just feel like that is a negative kind of Like a derogatory kind of That was added to people who, to try to, once again, be dismissive of Southern artists. Because people from the South, we have a certain dialect. Right. Um, and I think, like people say, well, Migos mumble rap. I said, no, Migos are rapping very, it's just, if, if you break down the saying, they're rapping very well. People said the same thing about like a ludicrous. They were like, ah, ludicrous is real country as shit. I'm like, no, ludicrous can rap his ass off. He just, he doesn't sound like LL Cool J, unfortunately. Right. But not unfortunately, he just doesn't sound like LL Cool J. Um, you know, I always go back to Outkast at the 1995 Source Awards. They got booed off the damn stage. For beating out Mob Deep. Because everybody thought Mob Deep was going to win. And people said, why would they win? These southern ass dudes can't rap. And we like, no, Outkast is very capable of rapping. It's just, but they, now, granted, there is some mumble rap. We listen to some shit on, on the way here, and I think this sounds like <laughs> hip hop 2017 101. Yeah. Gang, gang, bang, bang, bang. Like, okay, this is just. But I think it, sometimes I think people just use that to be dismissive of artists because they don't understand. And I told this to my mom. She was like, I just don't understand music on the air now. And I told her, it's not for you. Migos isn't for you. I mean, what, <laughs> what I don't understand is, to me, I mean, I, I fucking love Future. I mean, Future, to me, Future, Future. Thugger. Those guys are fucking awesome. I mean, anybody that can take Molly Percocet and turn that into a dope hook. And, and play it on the radio. And white people like it. Like, what? How the... Just because the way you say Molly Percocet, like, I, I could never do that. Um, it, it, you could you have to be... Only Future could do some shit fair, like that. And done before. I always make this joke. Nelly oh, what do you got? With Country Grandma. His song is, I'm going down, down, baby. Your street in the Range Rover. Street sweeper, baby. Cocked, ready to let it go. He's talking <laughs> about doing a drive-by. And nobody like, nobody right. caught this. They think it's just a little like, oh, this is a fun... <laughs> just a little jingle. He's talking <laughs> about shooting somebody with a machine gun. My, <laughs> aunt, my aunt used to say that she liked Nelly because he did happy rap. And I would always say... No, he doesn't. I'm like, happy rap? I'm like, have you really listened to Nelly? I'm like, have you listened to the non-edited version of the song? Like, mm, not so happy. <laughs> Have you seen Nelly? I've I've heard that Nelly is is like yoked as fuck, or he's like he's jacked. He's he's on steroids or something. I don't big as shit. Like, <laughs> I haven't seen him recently. Apparently, apparently, this is well, Nelly could have been a standing Black Panther easily. <laughs> Nelly's got big. Um, but I mean, you know, rapid. We, it's, interestingly enough, we hosted an event what, a month ago. Was like a month ago. Depends on what event you're talking about. One with keys. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. And uh. We hosted it, and there was a guy there from another radio station, an older guy, a much older guy, 
And he was doing this whole rant about how rap is destroying you and making the youth more angry and you know Same old song, man. Yeah, it's not <laughs> like it was when I was younger. I'm like younger. Yeah, like right. Rap didn't exist sixty years ago. <laughs> so it's only right. forty years old. He, he was so he was old enough where he referenced the fact that he said, well, my son was young, he started listening to Snoop Doggy Dog when he first came out and I didn't like that. I'm like, Snoop Dogg came out like in ninety four. Right. What, what are you talking about? But it it, I, it it goes to show that music sometimes music is not for you. Look, if I heard getting jiggy with it now, I would say this is the corniest shit I've ever heard. Right. I heard when I was like eight, it was fucking amazing. It was the greatest song I, I thought. Jiggy with it. I, I love, thought Will Smith was great. I had Big Willie style the album. <laughs> great album. Not, my mom always makes the point, and I told us to the same guy. I said my mom told me when she was younger, she was riding the car with my grandmother, and the Osley Brothers Between the Sheets came on. My grandmother said, "Ugh, what kind of nasty song is this?" But my mom was like, it's not for you because right. you grew up on Nat King Cole and Nat King Cole wasn't talking about having sex between the sheets. Yeah, it's like you you have to understand the context that exists in that in that kind of moment within the culture. And like if you're of a certain age, you're going to get it. And if you're not of a certain age, it's like you've already kind of established exactly. your taste or your sound or whatever appeals to kind of you. But I think that like, you know, a lot of people talk sh- down on people like Future Amigos, uh, Young Thug. But to me, it's a throwback. It's a throwback to the Houston rap scene in the 90s, man. Because like you said, UGK, Fat Pat, Big Mo, like it had that trap, that trap sound that you hear that is so that is that trap shit that's taken over the airwaves was already like it's been done. It just wasn't like it wasn't hitting off. Yeah, exactly. At that point, it wasn't jumping off to the popularity, but it was always there. So when I hear Future or these guys, it's a throwback to me to that era Piggybacking off that and future. First, I like Southern music. He likes Southern music. This is so untrue. Yeah, this yeah, is, I'm fucking with y'all. This is so untrue. <laughs> he does think from Harlem, though. He does uh, it's Harlem. Once again, so untrue. Who's your favorite basketball team? The Knicks. Who's your favorite baseball team? The Yankees. Who's your favorite football team? Don't have one. The Giants. Anyway, continue. No, you you and O want to make it the Giants because <laughs> he likes O likes Dallas. Who's your favorite rapper of all time? Jay Z. But, but that doesn't think mean I'm from Harlem. He's from Brooklyn. He's from across the bridge. <laughs> Who's your second favorite? Cam. Second favorite rapper? Yeah. Of all time? Cam. Cam is not my second favorite rapper of all are time. A, are you a Cam fan? Yes, I am. Cam is hilarious. I don't think I'm from Harlem. But uh, <laughs> while we were on the topic of future, I heard um, Terrace Martin on the Rap Radar podcast when it was on Apple. And before they took it off and went over the title. Oh, my God. But um, Terrence I have Martin, a I have a title subscription just to throw that in there. I have a note. I, so bad. <laughs> I had one. I had one. I had two actually. I had to get it for the life of Pablo. I got mine too for the B sides concert. That was the first time, and then I got the second one for four forty four. I kind of like it though, honestly. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. I just wasn't paying the twenty. I might make that switch. I can't because Apple's getting my damn nerve. But um, I heard Terrence Martin say on the Rap Radar podcast in reference to Future that um, Future was like one of the last great blues singers that we had. And he pointed out that if you really sit down and you listen to a lot of the songs that Future makes and you delve into the lyrics and you delve into the pain and how the man is really speaking about it. And this is kind of a running joke with Future that the man is really screaming for help about his drug addiction. And if you really break into that, that's blues. And that's what blues right. is about. Blues was about the story and the pain. Very true. And he's one of the last great individuals that's really giving you that. He just happens to do it over a catchy beat and does it in a catchy way. But the man is really giving you his life and his pain 
in these records and people dismiss it with the term mumble rapping. Oh, I can't understand what he's saying. But I can understand him just fine. I can understand Young Thug, not on lifestyle, but I can understand <laughs> I can understand Young Thug just fine. I can understand Travis oh, Scott. Oh man, dripping. Yeah, I can understand Travis <sighs> Scott just just fine, like when they rap. I can understand what they were saying. Uh uh, Confucius brought up Migos. I can understand all three of them when they rap. And as he said, when you really sit down and you actually listen, the dudes, are, all three of them are really rapping their ass off. But y'all dismiss it right? and say y'all can't understand it. But as Confucius said, I do think that's a way to kind of discredit and take away from Southern hip hop because Southern hip hop is in a space where nobody thought or kind of wanted it to be. Like, I don't think Scarface gets enough credit. Oh, yeah. Like Scarface is rarely mentioned in a lot of people's top five True. rappers. And I think that's simply because he's from Houston. Right. I think it's because he's from Texas and he's from the South. And we weren't supposed to be. We were always looked at as these guys who just made the catchy songs or the dance songs or the booty shaking songs. And they didn't think we were more than that until you got until you got a Scarface or an Outkast or a Goody Mob or a T.I. or a Trick Daddy until you got these guys who could really rap and do it really well and a Bun B who could really show you that, no, if y'all want bars, we could bar you to death, but we just choose not to bar you to death like y'all want to do on the East Coast. That's not all it's about. What I think is interesting with when it comes to rap is though, so you have so many, there's, there's different skills, right? There's different skill sets and there's different things that have appeal. So you've got flow and then you've got you know, just straight up the the actual technical art of, of rapping itself. Right. And then you've got, you know, because I'm trying to think like for, let me think of some examples here. Um, songwriting ability. Right. Some people, are, some rappers are just great songwriters as opposed to those that can just give you something straight off the top of the head. Yeah. Um, so I guess, for example, like somebody, I, maybe so Young Thug would probably be a good example of somebody that I think his flow and maybe and stop me if I'm wrong. If my understanding of what flow is might be off, but how I've kind of defined it is that I think that young flow, young thugs flow, is what makes him great. Kind of the same thing with ASAP Rocky. I think that ASAP Rocky's flow is it's like it's it's next level, right? But maybe his lyrics are you know not always very impressive. And you know what I mean? He's not maybe the most impressive lyricists, like you're not going to call him out as the number one lyricist in the game, but his flow is just, he just hits it, man. Yeah, the verse where he said, I fuck on the bitch, uh, what are you saying? Uh, are you talking about what you call it? Uh, uh, I fuck a bitch on, what do you say? I fuck on a bitch on the plane. And I just call it hey, hey, And I was like, whoa, man. hey, hey, man, hey, man. That, like, that's, that's, I just went hunting, that's I, I, just went hunting. I, I found me a rabbit and picked out the carrots. Yeah. I was like, that's, that's, that's clever as hell, man. That's right. clever as hell, but nobody catches it because they've already dismissed Exactly. Young Thug is a mumble rapper and they can't right. understand what he's saying. But I'm like, mm, when you really listen, he's saying some, some clever shit at times. Man, to me, dr his song Drippin' is just the best. That's it, his best work. It took, I, don't, I think it was all about the money. Maybe be like, okay, Young Thug's not that bad with T.I. Um, yeah, I think that was the one that made me. Once again, I've seen Outkast in, in person. Live, <laughs> so my mind is, you know. What's wrong, Fresh? Did I say something? Yes, you did. <laughs> I saw one of the last shows ever. Yeah, I can't yes, help that I went there. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I've seen, it's funny, my mother is like a music concert connoisseur. She's seen like every mate. She's seen Jackie Five, Walter Gay, Parliament, fucking Al Green, Luther. <laughs> uh, big Luther or Skinny Luther? Big Luther. We're going to do Skinny Luther. Uh, 
<laughs> so she see like all these people she all throws in my face. I said, look, I've seen Jay Z, Kanye, Outkast. I don't think I've seen Ti. So I saw Jay Z and Kanye at a secret South by show. Ooh. I'm good. Oh, okay. I seen Kanye. I seen Kanye go to dog tour. That's why I saw Kanye. Ain't nowhere near dying, so I'm good. I'm cool. He ain't nowhere near quitting music either. I can see him soon. I heard that uh, Kanye is, is on a, the top of a mountain, no, either not, in Idaho or Montana. He was Wyoming. In, working on his new album. He was on the top of a mountain in Wyoming, but now he is back in Calabasas. I've seen, seen all these pictures all week of Kanye and what Joe Budden likes to call his dad bod. <laughs> back on the pounds up there while he was in Wyoming. Right. But uh, I, am inter- I am still interested in hearing Kanye album. Kanye is one of the few artists in any genre that has given you, you know, each album, it sounds totally different from the previous album. And I think that is hard to do. And in, and they, and them be decent. Right. And those last couple ones, you kind of like, eh. Oh, man, I, I love Jesus. I like, it grew on me. Jesus had to grow on me. Life of Pablo was, was a lot more mixed, I think. Like, I liked some of it, but I was more pissed off at just the way that he was, like, came out and said... Or with that whole thing, because I I bought a ticket and I actually saw like because they had the they did a screening of the fashion show for like mm-hmm. it was Easy Season three maybe, so they had that you could get the album and then the like a T shirt or you could get a different. Yeah, this happened to our um ah, this happened to our friend in Houston. Oh, he bought a ticket. I don't remember for which fashion show if it was season one, two, or three, but he did buy one and it was in Houston. And he went and he was waiting for his album and he never got the album and he was like highly pissed off and he wanted his money back and all of that. So well, what was fucked up was so part of the package was you were going to get the album, but then he released it on on title. And I thought that was that was kind of shitty of him to do. Yeah, because it's like if I'm a fan of like because the real fans are the ones who are paying to go. You know, check out your fucking fashion show, your zombie, your zombie apocalypse fashion line, <laughs> and and all that shit. And then you're gonna release it on title. You know, it was just like so poorly handled that it really kind of soured me on him because I had been kind of like I have a little bit of fun being kind of a Kanye West apologist for the shit that he does. So that kind of had me. I got too goddamn exhausted. That that had me kind of questioning. But then when he came out, you know, before he went away, <laughs> before he went away with the the vote on Trump stuff, that just pushed it over the edge. I'm just like, I I, I don't know, man. I don't know if I can fuck with you I'm anymore. My president. <laughs> I don't know if I can fuck with you. It's like you go from, uh, you know, calling out George Bush to saying you would have voted for Trump. Like, what yeah, the fuck well, is I, I, wrong I, I with you? He did, he did an interview on the Today Show, and he, he said, you know, if I could go back in time, I would have never said Carl Butcher racist. He said that, like, during fantasy promo. That's, I think that's one of the greatest moments of all, of yeah, all time. I, think, yeah, I love yeah. <laughs> So fucking I just great. like Mike Myers' reaction yeah, that too, to it while he's right? standing there and Kanye says it's just like, oh, oh, so that's what we're doing? We're going off cue now? <laughs> But then I read an article that Mark Myers was like, yeah, I mean, he was like, ah, oh, at the time I didn't know much about Kanye. But after he said that, I was, I started listening to his music. I was like, oh, I got I got to see what's up with this guy. So. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I mean, I thought. The like, music or the antics of I Kanye? I still enjoy Kanye's music. I think Kanye just, I think his mother dying really fucked him up. I think so too. Really I, think, him up. I think her dying and him not really dealing with it and. Finding other ways to deal with it, whether it was alcohol or 
just dive right back into music and not really grieving. I guess you can never really tell anybody how to grieve, so I don't want to say grieving in a proper way, but grieving in a more healthier way. Right. Kind of really fucked with his psyche and you see everything that's happened today. I think that's a culmination of that. I mean, in my in my personal opinion, you have to have some amount of like you have to be a little bit either fucked up or you have to have some kind of you know what I mean. There's got to be that. Like we're talking about character development in comic books. It's kind of the same thing. It's like there has to be that that engine that like that rock in your shoe kind of feeling that you know what I mean. It's like you see the world in a different way, and that's where great art really comes from i think is some element of, of suffering or you've got great loss or you know what i mean i mean the man did say name one genius that ain't crazy <laughs> right so, exactly so i think there's a lot of there's a lot of i think there's a lot of truth in that and this is like it's the people on the margins of society that really that are create the best art and the most lasting you know what I mean? Because if you're kind of like in that middle spectrum where you don't really, you know what I mean? You're just kind of like, oh, everything's great. We're going for a walk outside. Got my family here. And you know what I mean? Everything's rosy. It's like there's no impetus for you to create anything right. special. Most Maybe. most of the time, right? It's not like there's not people out there. But I think there's got to be like you're, you're tuned to a, like your frequency is just a little bit off, right? If, if you're an artist. I think, you know, and with Kanye, it's because. I think we can somewhat all relate to this as humans. That chip on your shoulder. Okay? Right. It chip on your shoulder is a fucking boulder. <laughs> it's just like, it's always a, a, a situation where he has to prove himself. He said that he made fantasy, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, to prove to people that despite what you saw me do on stage with Taylor Swift, I can make a perfect album to make you forget that that shit ever happened. Which yeah, he almost he did. did. Right. I, was, I say it was perfect. I, I, it I was call one, it, fantasy a classic. I call it a classic. And I, I know a lot of other absolutely. people would agree. And I think that was an impeccable, perfect but album. But like you said, a lot of artists, no matter what the genre, they have that chip on their shoulder and it pushes them to make their best body's work. You might have somebody like a... Uh, a uh, Mary J. Blige who's making my life because he's going to a situation trying to prove people not only can I sing, but I'm also going to sing about my pain and do it in a real way. And I may talk to you might have somebody like a Miles Davis who makes bitches brew, prove to you I'm the best, I'm the best person in this genre that you'll <laughs> ever fucking see. You'll have somebody like a uh, Johnny Cash who literally came out of prison and made a similar album. You'll have somebody like Marvin Gaye who made Here My Dear, an album that he made no money off of because his wife took all the money. And the whole album is basically one big ass diss track her saying, fuck you, this is what you give me. Now so the whole week listening to just Marvin Gaye. Here my deal was amazing. I've never albums. heard an album where somebody literally yeah. just basically say, "This I'm just making this shit because I need to get out of my contract." Or you'll have an album like Thriller, who's a response to Michael Jackson not winning the best album of the year at the Grammys. All he got was R&B album at Grammys for. Once Ball. again, did Michael Jackson not hear that album? <laughs> Michael Jackson said, "You know what? Since y'all think I just can sing, I got some for that ass." <laughs> but um, and that's Kanye. It's and that's a lot of great artists. It has to be some type of inspiration to push you to make the greatest music possible. And we named a lot of artists. We named Migos. We named, I think Migos Culture was a great album because Migos, and it was called Culture because they feel like they've influenced the culture. They, once again, they have that chip on their shoulder. They're like, you know what? We are tired of people taking our same type of flow that we've been doing for like five or six years and not giving us credit. Making and money not only on that, too. I think they wanted to prove to everybody that, yeah, we are tired of people. If we're tired of everybody taking our flow crowning it theirs or not giving us the credit that we deserve. And we're also tired of this whole mumble rap thing and y'all just thinking that we're just on here saying whatever. We are really going to show you all that we can write a song and write a good song. And we want to show y'all that we can literally rap our asses off. And I think that's what since 
coaches come out on that album and everything after that they've done after that. That's what they've been showing you that we can write and we can rap our asses out, whether we are all three together or it's one of us individually on somebody else's song. Take Offset on uh, Met Gala on uh, Drop Top Goo He killed it. He watched Gucci. <laughs> and he watched Gucci or uh, No Complaints with Metro Boomin and Drake. I'd say he watched Drake and he's been on a whole tear about proving to everybody that I can rap. I can rap and I can rap my ass off and I can hold my own with the best of them or whoever you think that is better than me. I can show y'all that I can hold my own with. So I think that's, that's, once again, that's just life. We all have been in a situation where like, we're trying to prove something to somebody. With the breaks, our whole thing was we're trying to prove to the scene that there's a voice, there's a scene that needs to be recognized, that has right. been here, that we are trying to showcase. And it's funny, you know, shout out to KTX. We love them. Best job I've ever had. But when we went there, they were like, there's hip-hop in Austin? Like, yeah. they, they, like, they had no idea it existed. There's a lot of hip-hop here. There's a lot of people that like that rap that just nobody else would give them a chance. And um, that's what we tried to represent. And I think that's one of the reasons why we've been able to get as far as we have because a lot of people feel like these people are speaking what Fresh and Confucius were speaking for us. And we're not like these cynical, like, young-ass rap fans who are just going to play the same fucking song. Like, yeah. We really, like, when we sit down and do our song selection, we, we're going back and forth like, you know what? What song sounded good in 95? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, 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 we go, like, I personally go all week listening to music and hearing something and be like, I'm going to play this this week. Or thinking of songs to play all week. I go all week thinking of songs just to play on Saturday. Songs that I liked as a kid. Songs that I think that everybody else liked when they were a kid. Songs from, like he said, what song sounded good in 95? Or when he come... I usually will get to the station before him. And when he comes in, I was like... <laughs> Calling you out, man. No, I... Yeah, man, that's okay, that's clear. So me and Fresh are not always together. Yeah. People think me and him like... Yo, you guys aren't sewn at the hip. I, no. I man, we live together, people... but it's funny, but I rarely ever see him. We, I, I, we come and go. It's... So, like, if I get to the station, on a night I get to the station before him, when he walks in, I'll be already making the playlist for what, what we're going to play. And I'll say, give me an R&B song from the 90s. And he'll write one off, and I was like, ooh, I like that. And then we'll end up playing it. So, like, we go all the way, all week, trying to figure out what to play for the people, like you said, showing everybody that there is a scene here that needs to be delved and y'all need to pay attention to. So we really take pride in doing the show every weekend and giving y'all the best show possible. Nice. I'm, I'm glad y'all are out there doing that because I think definitely, I mean, hip-hop in general in Austin is uh, totally under underserved. Like, it's an underserved market it's an understood you know people don't have voices and I, I think it's important to get that shit out there because i mean I'm gonna be honest. not all of us want to go see a fucking indie rock band yeah. every every weekend you know what i mean i mean to be honest i mean people might take this some type of way it's because of white people right because so many of them have come in and it's pushed out the urban voice right it's not because white people intentionally have tried to like shut us down it's because often the city has looked at it and said well these people are coming in and spending money and they're not giving their attention or time to this portion of the town, right? So we'll just kind of, you know, ignore that. But it's like, no, we're still here. We have a voice, and like we, and we one of the things we told KTX when we first got there was like, understand that these kids you see walking on this campus. campus and the headphones, they're listening to rap, right? Rap is not only of listened course. to by black people. Like, yeah, seriously. everybody likes rap. Everybody, everybody fucking loves rap. Everybody even, likes rap, even if it's just the hits, right? They listening to it. They yeah. listen to it. Even if they're not listening to it, an entire album from Joey Badass, I guarantee you, they know at least one song from Joey Badass, or they know at least one song from Future or Gucci. Or who or Jay or not or whoever they know at least one they know they know the hit even if it's just Big Pimpin they know <laughs> they know it. and I bet you I bet you at some point in the day they're walking through with Apple Music or Title or Spotify on and 
that song's coming across their ear, their earbuds, and they loving it, and they rocking with it, and we're there to provide that. If y'all like this? Here's more of it. I'm kind of curious too. I, we touched on, we talked a little bit about Action Bronson, but I wanted to get both of your opinions on, on white rappers because I think you know, because <laughs> uh, it's like a lot of people. A couple nights ago, a lot of people will uh, you know. It's kind of like to me, there's a difference, right? Like, yes, on its face, a, a white rapper is is definitely kind of a corny ass thing, right? I mean, it, 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 it can it definitely depends on the artist. I would like, say. He, okay, here's, here's but like, so like, what's his name? Who, fucking can't think of his name. Who's the guy? Macklemore, of course. I knew it was Macklemore. Right? It's like, because you got a Macklemore, right? It's like, it's okay, here's the, here's the, here's the, here's the duality of it. You have somebody like Iggy. <laughs> I like this already. Like Iggy, I read an article about her. Literally, Iggy literally came over from Australia basically like, I want to sound like the blackest rapper I can. I'm from Australia, but I want to sound like the blackest rapper. So basically, and, and I'm, let's be all the way honest, Iggy is the new age vanilla ice. You right. come from this, you don't know shit about it, but you like it enough to where you want to try to emulate it and try to surround yourself with the culture to succeed. Right. On the flip side, you have somebody like Eminem, who I revere. Eminem is amazing. Who literally grew broke as shit, had to struggle through battle rapping and he's prove black. himself to one of the biggest producers who's black of all time that I could actually do this. To the point where Eminem is considered one of the greatest rappers of all time. Now, I'm gonna be honest with you. If you don't think Eminem is one of the greatest rappers, you're, you're just a goddamn hater. Because he can rap his hater. ass off. You just hater, man. But, you know, it's, and Eminem is to the point where he's like, look, I mean, yes, I'm not black, and, and he's even admitted I probably sold more records because I'm white, but I had, I had to actually work, 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 work until this point. And to, to your point about Eminem, Eminem is someone that I would say he's of the culture. Like computers just said, he had to grind and fight his way through battle rap. He's of the culture. He comes from the culture of hip-hop. He comes from battle rap. If that's not hip-hop, I don't know what is. Right. So, and like you said, if you just don't think he's one of the greatest rappers alive, then you're just a hater. And like, I don't I don't understand why you think that. And a lot of people would just say, well, just because he's white. Mm, color aside, he's one of the greatest rappers alive. And the man can literally, literally wrap circles around anybody you put in front of him. And my whole take on white rappers like I said, I just I think it depends on the artist. Like Iggy, I think Iggy is corny. Uh, like he's I had never thought about it until Confucius just said it, but she literally is the modern day new age vanilla ice. You are not of this. You don't come from the culture. You come from a completely different side of the world, and you want to be and sound like the blackest artist that you can think of. Right. Wasn't she like in Houston working with an artist or something like that? And well, no, yeah, she came over here and she ended up working with Mr. Lee, who was a producer for Slim Thug and Zero, and she, like, she basically would try, she would recall with Don, who was produced for, like, uh, Jim Crow, Rich Boy, he was a part of Jim Crow? Yeah, everybody, whatever. Um, but, uh, <laughs> Y'all not real. I know Jim Crow is, but nobody remembers Jim I'm Crow. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. <laughs> they had, like, one song. But, uh, yeah, so these major producers, and um, she basically tried to, she tried to, she, it's like she read hip-hop one-on-one. And try to surround herself and make herself that, as opposed to Eminem, who somebody was just like, "Look, this is really all I know." I'm not Eminem wasn't trying to get a deal when he got signed. He just was happened to be a battle rapper who made an album because people kept telling him to, and if that album uh, just demo happened to fall in the lap. Got Dr. Dre. He wasn't like, "I'm trying to." I'm just gonna. Do I'm seeking out this. Yeah, fucking I'm trying man. to. Like, I'm literally. This is who I am. Like Eminem was saying, he was so bad off drug wise. If you don't remember his first three albums. <laughs> <laughs> so, Damn. This this magazine called. Uh, Pictures. It was hip hop magazine. What was it called? Um, fuck. 
It was a, a hip hop magazine, but it was both based on photography. Respect. Respect. And uh, they interviewed Eminem, and they like put up they, most of the interview was like pictures he taken between you know uh, Slim Shady LP and Eminem show. And everyone in his comments was like, I don't remember even doing this. Like, <laughs> we, were, we were where? I don't remember that jacket. Who jacket is that? <laughs> I don't remember these people. I'm like, yo, he was really out of there. But he, but he said, like, this was all, hip hop was all I knew. I wasn't trying to be a diamond selling artist. I just, he just could rap. I was trying to be the best battle rapper in Detroit. That's all I was worried about. But Iggy was literally trying to be, like, they said they had to train Iggy how to rap. They had to sit her down and be like, but this is how you structure bars. <laughs> this is how you make a song. Oh, man. This is how you need to sound. Like, right. you're a model. You look good. Like, play on your looks. Eminem was a country white boy from Detroit. He, he was just a poor white boy from the trailer park in Detroit. But, and then you have, and even Macklemore. Macklemore is somebody who is. I believe is of the culture. He's grinding. Now, granted, his sounds very popular, but he's somebody who's worked a long time. Um, who else is white that is, you, you like? Um. I did like Yellow Wolf before his Confederate flag comments. Oh shit! I didn't even hear about this. Um, I he was it. just in town. Not he changed. I know he changed his name, but I can't remember what he changed his name to. I think he did a show as Yellow Wolf though. But I'm not recently not going to go into details about his comments on the Confederate flag. Let's just say he's in full support of it, which doesn't surprise me because he's from the backwoods of Alabama. But um, I think a couple weeks ago on the breaks, we have a seg- we have a segment called Unpopular Opinion, which yeah, you I have do. A segment called- <laughs> <laughs> I say we because we both host the show. So. Right. No, I got you. But uh, my unpopular opinion that particular night was that white rappers rap better than a lot of black rappers. And when you break it down, I'm and when I'm saying rapping better, I mean, like you were saying, in flow, in the technical aspect of rapping, where you breathe, how you structure a bar, your wordplay, all of that, writing a song. I'm sorry, Mac, Mac Miller is a better songwriter than a lot of black rappers who rap. Like, I, and on the show, like I referenced, his most recent album, The Defined Feminine, as me and Confucius jokingly say, that is the album Drake should have made in 2016. That is what views should have sounded like. The man got sober, he found love, and he rapped about being in love in a past relationship, and he made great songs, uh, watching movies with the sound off. He was rapping great and just made great songs he made two albums that were better than a lot of other black rappers albums that came out in the same year now he was i don't think that's what he was striving to do mac miller just likes to rap and i keep wanting to say macklemore <laughs> macklemore can actually rap i don't know if anybody who was pissed off that he won that the heist won best rap album over kendrick but he was really rapping on the heist i think People just heard the singles and the song where he was talking about uh he thought he was gay as a kid and they just heard those and just was like, oh, they just tuned it out. But no, the dude can actually rap. The dude can really rap. Uh, technically, he raps better than the black rappers. Where he breathes, uh, how he structures a bar, how his wordplay, the dude can just rap, man. Some people can just rap. And in hip-hop, I think hip-hop is kind of in a space where that's where you just kind of got to, that's what, just, what you kind of have to look at is just, can they rap or not, man? Are they right. really are they really of the culture? Are they really for real? Are they rapping about something that is them? Or are they just being him? I believe Mac Miller is just being him. He just happens to be a Jewish white kid from Pittsburgh <laughs> who also went to the same exact high school as Wiz. But he's not Wiz. He's like I said, he's Mac Miller. He's a Jewish white kid from a slum of Pittsburgh. He's being him. When you hear him, I believe that's what he is, or when you hear Yellow Wolf, he raps about being from the backwoods of Alabama. He's being him. If it's authentic, then it's authentic. Like we said about Iggy, it's not 
really authentic, so I can't really respect that. Um, Macklemore is being authentic. Man talked about going to a thrift store. I mean, he made that popular. So, I mean, he just... <laughs> that man opened I don't know. That's, and the man, that's a pretty white shit to go to and, a thrift store. And he came out and he openly said that's what he does in Seattle. He <laughs> goes to thrift... He shops at thrift stores. I'm, being you, man, I can't be mad at that. I mean... True. Did he deserve to win Best Rap Album? No. No. <laughs> but, I mean, he won it. It's the he Grammys, should, so... He shouldn't have won that. I mean, that's why he apologized. He knew he wasn't... He shouldn't have won over Kendrick, and he apologized... He didn't give up the trophy, but he apologized. Yeah, right. I mean, so, I mean, take for what it's worth. But I don't really have an issue with white rappers. It's just when you don't come off authentic. Right. I think that's a fair opinion. What about, uh, what do you guys think about Run the Jewels? Because personally, man, LP in, in particular, I don't know if you've ever fucked with any LP solo shit. I didn't find shit. out about LP but until God Run the Jewels. Damn. I will say that they, their first comic book cover they ever did was worth a lot of damn money. It is. Oh, those are badass. They, they, also, they, they, they have a lot of variants. They have one with, was it Rocket and... They got Rocket and... Who was that on there? Deadpool? No, no, no. no, no. It, was it was Rocket and... Uh, I can't remember. I know they were doing the, the run, Rocket was holding up the chain and whoever else was on there with him was doing the... Uh, the gun. The gun. Look, first of all, I've, I've been a huge proponent of Killer Mike for years. <gasps> Killer Mike and rap his ass. I actually met him in South by and Wendy's. Um, nice. <laughs> uh... That's but he perfect. He did a, like a, a freestyle over Cupid's One Twelve's Cupid song. Oh, nice! I have to check it, that out. He flipped it that into up. a drug dealing song. Nice. But yeah, I'm I'm all for. It's only big. I'm Mike all Cooper. for Grammy Award winning Killer Mike getting all yes. the recognition he deserves. Yes, yes, yes. Um, once again, Outkast. So he came out of the Dungeon Family. Yes. So I'm all. But I will say I love Run the Jewels. I love what they're doing. I love that Killer Mike has always been true to his independent roots and is able to succeed off of it. I think Killer Mike is extremely underrated. I, I think too. Killer Mike is also very, very intelligent. I like what he's doing in the community. Um, Killer Mike is also one of the few people that came out and said, y'all better leave Young Thug alone because Young Thug has come from a place in Atlanta that is very bad and he will probably beat the shit out of you. <laughs> <laughs> right. Battle, battle worse. Uh, like he said, Killer Mike came out of the Dungeon County, second generation. Uh, I got to clarify that one. I grew up, grew up listening to Dungeon Family from Backbone to Goody Mob to Outkast. So, seeing Killer Mike at the point to where he is, I love it. I, I genuinely love it. And like Kendrick said, if people really, really, really cared about how good somebody could rap and about bars and somebody barring you to death, then Killer Mike would have been platinum by now because it's not like when he got with LP, he just be, he was a new he artist. He automatically yeah, yeah, he was, just he was had a new, this And he just automatically just became this, this rapping monster. The dude's been rapping the same way since he started. So, it's like... Y'all really weren't paying attention, and so it's like, do y'all really care? Y'all say y'all care about somebody who's lyrical and really has something to say. The man's been rapping with a message. The man's been rapping about gentrification. The man's been rapping about the war on drugs. The man's been rapping about drugs ravishing the black community. He's been rapping about the government setting up this and that to ch to take down the black man. He's been rapping about all of this. Is this now that y'all pay attention? Now that he's in a group, all of a sudden, it's just like, mm, y'all to me, that really shows, y'all don't really care. Because right. it's him and a lot of other artists who've been doing it. Then y'all, I guess when they get all of this, this spotlight shined on them, y'all start to care about them and say that they're this great artist. Mm, a lot of us been knowing Killing Like was a great artist. And when he said his mama told him how to sell dope, and he sold dope <laughs> in college and went to school, at the all at the same time, I was like, "Yeah, Killer Mike got it, man. He he kind of he, he kind of got it. I haven't heard anybody say they say it. <laughs> say they so dope and went to college. So I mean, <laughs> what can you say to that? 
I think it's awesome that they're, I mean, it's sad that they both, that they had to partner up to get the respect that they deserve. Because I think even, I mean, both of them are fucking incredible. LP's production, man. Yeah. He fucking is, was so far ahead of the game. Way back, dude. Just way back. Like, go back and listen to Fantastic Damage, uh, which is probably, I think it's his. I couldn't tell you. Like I said, I, I didn't hear about LP until. Ah, that's what it was, yeah. I think it's his first. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah, those were those were badass. Um, was that, the, that wasn't the first one, was it? wasn't the first one. No, the first one was oh, Deadpool, right? Deadpool, yeah. Um, his his production work was that really, I guess, almost kind of like I don't know if you guys are familiar with like that grime sound, so kind of like an industrial element to music, kind of like what what Yeezus sort of kind of ripped off a little bit. Oh, was that yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, more yeah, 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 yeah. more gritty, kind of futuristic, industrial sounding production that he was doing like way back. I mean, it's funny because I mean, and I hate to say this, but I didn't know who LP was until one of I really didn't. I didn't know who he was until like. But I mean, it, 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 that can go either way because I'm pretty sure people that like were huge fans of LP. Didn't right, know didn't know who come on. Yeah, exactly. Um, it was interesting too because he had a he had a uh, label, Def Jukes, which had on fucking like Aesop Rock was on it. Um, trying to think who else. I know a guy who knows uh, my cousin's father. My cousin's baby's father. Knows Aesop Rock and what's the other guy? Cool Keith. Okay, nice. I don't know if he's like really tight or personal close, but he, I think he went, ended up like going to school with him. Man, Cool Keith did a show and I didn't go and I feel guilty as fuck for not going. <laughs> he did one at Mohawk like maybe six months ago. I'm pissed at myself for not going to that. Mohawk. <laughs> but it, you know, a, a funny story too is I saw those guys, I saw Run the Jewels. It was before, it was like right around the time their first or second album was coming out and they were going to be at Fun 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 Fest in like a month. So they did like this $3 show through Red Bull Sound Select at what's now Red 7. I forget what it was before it was Red 7. Uh, It was... Barracuda maybe? I think it was Barracuda. No. Or something. Holy Mountain. No, no, no. no. Same, oh. same. It's right in that it's, same it's, little it's strip. Spot, it's, it's the spot that's next that was next door to Holy Mountain. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what it was. Anyways, man, they did a fucking three dollar show, and like, <laughs> I got in line. I was there. I waited. Boom. That was one of the best fucking hip hop shows I've I've been to, to in Austin. It was fucking awesome because I was like maybe five feet from the stage, and the whole fucking the place was just all just went nuts. The whole place went nuts in there. That's probably one of my favorite shows that I've been to. For three bucks. I'm looking forward to seeing For three bucks. If they tried to do that same show now, it would be there, you know, they it, it wouldn't even have happened. You know what I mean? They wouldn't even had a three dollar show to get people in the door, you know what I mean? I'm looking forward to seeing them at ACL. It'll be fun. I, I it'll be my first time seeing them live, so I'm looking forward to it. I would recommend, man, I Honestly, I would say if you're trying to see Run the Jewels, really see them, I would go to the late night show where they're going to be 
doing it by themselves. Which I'll probably be there. Because I think we're kind of, I'm not a big fan of the festival thing. It's like, I want the artist to t- be, I want to be indoors. I don't want to be fucking distracted by, by whatever. Like, hours, yeah, you know? exactly. I want to fucking, I want them to take over the venue. I want them to have their lights. I want them to have their DJ, their sound equipment. I want them to have everything like they want it. So I can that. focus. I'll probably be at the late night show because I want to see Cuz Lightyear. I like Cuz Lightyear. <laughs> SL Jones and Killer Mike discovered Cuz Lightyear. So I, 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 I more than like to be there. We've been giving out tickets for like crazy. Though. Well, guys, I feel like I've held you hostage all fucking afternoon. So um, I'm I'm about ready to wrap up. If if you guys are, if you don't have any final thoughts or anything you want to want to shoot or leave uh, us with, but. Mike A. What's it on me? Uh, <laughs> be sure to go and listen to those damn comic book guys. You can find it on soundcloud.com slash TD comic book guys. Also, be sure to join the group on Facebook, those damn comic book guys and gals. Like the page on Facebook, those damn comic book guys. Also, tune in to the breaks Saturdays at 11, to 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on KUTX 989 or listen at KUTX.org or download the KUTX app on Android or iPhone. Also, follow The Breaks on Twitter at The, the Breaks KUTX. The Breaks on KUTX. <laughs> the Breaks on KUTX. Yeah, at The Breaks on KUTX. So, yeah, do that. And then like the Facebook page, um, The Breaks, hosted by Confucius Jones and Fresh. Nice. Man, I was gonna I was gonna brag on you for a minute. You had that you had that whole thing and then you just made one little <laughs> He's Mike One. He came damn close. Just killing it. Trying to perfect it, trying to perfect it. I was just sitting back in in awe. I was like, damn, he's he's going and going and going and going and going. Fresh is um Fresh is he he discovered me, so <laughs> I always give him those props. So he wants to say. You did discover me. I wanna do a shit when you found me. You were DJing. That place. Mm, that's, not an artist. that's not what an artist was promoting first time I made first I cussed him out <laughs> nice he posted a song he wasn't supposed to nobody <laughs> said I wasn't supposed to post it that's what he told me I didn't know I was supposed to post it man. <laughs> <laughs> just saying man. man no final thoughts uh, just thing, you know, make sure you guys vote for us Austin Chronicle best radio show The Breaks best local podcast those in the comic book guys um, yeah y'all can vote at austinchronicle.com uh, click the link on the page and like he said vote The Breaks best Radio show and those damn, those damn comic book guys, excuse me, as best local blog. And uh, we appreciate you having us on the Schizoid podcast and doing this, man. Thank you. Oh, thank you, guys. The name of the podcast. I was like, it's, it's schizophrenic or schizoid. I could schizoid, not man. Schizoid is, is way easier so to remember. Just to give you a, a little bit of background so um, Kanye sampled this group called King Crimson in Power. The 21st century schizoid man is the, is the title of the track so that's kind of the genesis of all that but uh thanks man i appreciate both of you guys for coming out and getting on the schizoid podcast we got a little schizoid and in, in topics we had some fun man we have a little studio set up it's not as nice but uh right on. well uh ladies and gentlemen we're gonna sign off for this week thanks again peace